Hello and welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid. It's time for part two of the review. That rhymes, I didn't mean it to. That rhymes <laughs> as well. I almost said two. I <laughs> don't know how you are saying any of this without laughing at those gifts that have just yeah. appeared in the in, as we were playing the intro. Ex- in the chat. Extreme life, mate. I can blank stuff like that out. Stay professional. <laughs> you, wow. I you don't know how. A, a picture of professionality, Tom. Thanks. Yeah, the I mean the second one's the the one that takes the cake. I mean this is really bad content for the audio. Yeah, it's terrible. Wow. Well, I mean they, they just they'll, they'll just have to all become patrons and so they can see. Right? Maybe that's, that's, that's Maybe. the key. Um, yes. Yeah, go it on, is, carry on. It is time for the second part of the review. So last week we did uh, no, we did teams and we looked back at our terrible predictions. This week it's time to do the drivers specifically. Which I think is going to be quite interesting compared to where we had the teams. I can feel there's going to be some disparity between where drivers are compared yes. to where their teams are. Um, having said that, we've got that to go through, and we've also got some like awards that we've always done over the years. And um, Chris, being statistical analysis man of the show, <laughs> has done some um, some counting up of like best. Driver of the yeah, day. And you say statistical kind of analysis, it's literally just counting. I mean, you're analyzing a statistic technically. No, I'll take it. Take the compliment. You know, tomato, tomato, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you say counting, I say statistical analysis. <laughs> it's going on my CV. Do it. Uh, where should we start, gents? I mean, do we start at the bottom of the pile, the in championship order? I feel like we're going to have more to say about the people at the sharp end, so maybe rattle through the the bottom end of the pile f- okay. first. Let's, I say that, watch us spend 20 minutes talking about Nicholas Latifi now. <laughs> let's get that screen. Stranger things have happened. We've talked <laughs> about true. far less relevant things on this podcast. So, For anyone who wants to play at home, we have the tier maker list that we're going to be using. Do you know what I've realised? I don't think we shared the tier maker from last episode, did we? We should. Oh, so, no, we we did. We'll, we'll share. We'll both, share yeah. both with this one. So you, there's one for the drivers and one for the teams. If you want to do your own at home, for, you, for those of you live in Discord, it's there too. Um, so yeah, let's start at the bottom of the pack. We've not included the drivers that only did like um, one or two races, so it's excluded Hulkenberg and Defries. Um, so it is just the full time drivers. Nicholas Latifi. Where where do we put Nicholas Latifi? I mean, mid-season we had him bottom of the pile. I've seen nothing to make me want to put him anywhere else, unfortunately. Um, like, <clears throat> the guy's a meme at this point, but he has been probably worse this season than he has the previous couple. I, 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 he just never got to grips with that new car, did he? I think the best way of describing this season for Nicholas Latifi is a series of events culminating in him losing his drive. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that was that's essentially it. Like nothing really stands out to me about Nicholas Latifi's season no. being particularly special. I think um, he wasn't didn't for a while. I think he was like behind drivers in the championship was, who yeah. were not even competing in the championship yeah. full yep. time. He did, he did well to only come 20th in a technically well, in a 20 car championship. Yeah, well, yeah, in a 22, yeah. it was a 22, the chart was 22 drivers in the end. Uh, but we, I understand we'll just cover the, uh, the 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
in, in, in what we're doing today. But yeah, just nothing, nothing no. special. I think it, look, his time has been, hasn't it? It has in Formula One. I think like there was being in a team for so long as well, and and never really getting sort of their, never really fully getting their backing. It was very clearly there to bring the money. Um, looks as though maybe Williams might be a bit more comfortably off financially now and probably don't need his money so much unless they've got money coming in from another one of their new drivers. But um, I think yeah, Sargent I, brings a bit of cash with him, but um, it's, it's less gonna... required by the team though now, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not as essential. And uh, hands up, who's going to miss him? You know, like <sighs> what is he bringing to the table? That's the question. I don't think much mm, is the answer. No. Nothing more to add. Yeah, I have three words for Nicholas Latifi's season. Buy up, stupid. Savage. <laughs> That's where he's savage. going. As though I wasn't savage enough already. <laughs> I had to throw <laughs> one of those at him as well. I suppose what I should very quickly do, actually, for people who haven't heard last week's show yet or haven't heard us do this before, we've got six levels for this. Um, yes. So the top level is that they look like rock stars. The second level is that they were a smooth operator. The third level is that they're not bad for a number two driver. The fourth level is that they're out in Q2. The fifth level, which is seemed topical at the time when we used it mid-season, but now less so, is it's like they've been using hards in Hungary. And then the bottom tier, as you just heard, is... I am stupid. And that's where Nicky goes. That soundboard is going to earn its money today. I, <laughs> I reckon there could be more of those mm-hmm. by the end of the year. For sure. Okay, who is next? We have to move on to his teammate, Alexander Albon. So 19th in the championship. Yeah. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean... His teammate. I think it's not been the best car for Albon, but he's definitely done more with it. Um it's difficult to sort of quantify how much he's done with it, I think, just yeah. because he's got what is a very poor teammate. So it's it's harder to judge how well he's actually done. He might have just been getting like an average performance out of the car and Nicholas it's, Latifi's got it's knocked exactly out of the it. same problem we had with George Russell for a few years, isn't it? It's like mm. is he doing what the car's capable of and Latifi's just terrible, or is Latifi at the car's level and Russell is doing an amazing job? Yeah. Like that that car was so far and away bottom of the pile again this year. It's really hard to judge. Um, mid-season, we had him not bad for a number two. I think I can keep him there. I think he's quietly done a solid job. He's not really done like George Russell-style amazing results with the machinery, but I think he's done a solid job. I think... The significant difference between Albon and Latifi for me is Latifi's basically finished last on the road pretty much every race, whereas Albon's finished on the cusp of the points every race. Yeah. Like If you look at Albon's average race position, it's probably something like 12th, like mm-hmm. a couple, couple just in the points. I think he finished in the points three times, few 13s, few 11s, few 12s, and I think probably in the grand scheme of things, it's probably going to average out to about 12th. Where I'm is... going to go lower. That I would say average around 13.5. <laughs> okay, is where I'd put him roughly around in that. I, I think we're being a bit too kind with. 12. I don't know. The, he's, There's look, a few 18s, 15s. Only, they're they're going to seven teams three. Are going to drag you down. There's only three though out of the races finished that are considerably lower. 
He has had a lot of just outside the points, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, that's true. When, when you look across that board, it's it's fairly more significant than Nicholas Latifi's is what I'm getting at. And it's always it's a, a better good, performance. It's, no it's always it's a, a good four or five places in front of him, or for the most part, it's generally four or five places in front of him. Yeah, which I think is I think... a significant thing. When if you're in the same machinery, but you're finishing with drivers between the two of you on a regular basis, there's clearly a, a void in the yeah in the performance yeah. of the two drivers, isn't there? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how he does against Sergeant next year. But I think yeah, yeah. Did, where did you where were you going to put him? Not bad for a number two it was, driver. It was not bad for a number two mid season, and I think that's probably down to the fact that at the point that we did that, he'd already had two points finishes. Yeah. So we were thinking this could be a good year for him. As a season overall, I'd possibly drop him into the out in Q two, um, because he's not he's not really set the world alight or anything. He's not done anything spectacular, but he has comfortably beat his teammate so i kind of defer to you Stu. like do you keep him as not bad for number two with chris or do you drop him to q2 with me as as the royal arbiter of (laughs) this part of the podcast i'm gonna say i'm gonna keep you know what tom not to dis i don't like normally we i think we agree a, a lot more often these days than we used to, but I think on this occasion I'm going to have to keep him at not bad for number two. I think that I'm a bit harsh fine. dropping him down. As harsh as I've just been, and as well, I'm feeling a bit kinder now. I've got all my harshness out. Now I've been talking about Latifi. In a <laughs> in a callback to last week, um, it would appear that past us were actually correct on that one. Then yeah, well that's good news. Hopefully, past us means... did a better job with the drivers than we did with the teams. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. well, I mean, they've got we'll find got out. Another, got another eighteen to go yet. So we'll, let's yeah, see. we're like ten percent of the way in. <laughs> Calm let's down. rattle on. Next in the list, Yuki Sonoda. Um, so at, hmm. at mid-season, we had him in the one from bottom tier of like using hards in Hungary. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, his positions dropped in the standings. The car's not been great, to be fair. But the car's been a dog. I, I feel like both of the Alpha Tower drivers have been pretty anonymous this season, other than when getting into trouble. Yeah. Um... UK, yeah, like he had a few points finishes in the first, like three of the opening six races in the points, and then he wasn't in the mm-hmm. points again until Cota. Um, I mean, he's definitely improved on last season. Um, he's yeah. not made as quite as many silly mistakes. I think, I think if he had been around in the Red Bull program at a different point in time, he would absolutely be getting turfed out for a younger driver right now. But I think the fact they don't really have quite as much of a driver pool right now is probably why he's keeping his seat. Where was he mid-season? Hards in Hungary? I think he's probably around there again. I think I'm happy to leave him there. Yeah, I I mean, he's not done anything significant enough for me to warrant wanting to lower him, but he's also... On the flip side, not done anything significant enough for yeah. me to say he's improved since mid-season. Exactly. Um, um, I, I I can't work out. I've still not really worked out with Alpha Tauri if the car got worse or just they didn't Im- improve at all. I and think it just else stood did. still. Yeah, and it just went stagnant because if when you look at the actual results for the pair of them, you know they were fairly in the points. Like between them, one of them was in the points every race more or less 
when is the season open or or a lot more frequently. And then I don't know as the season went on, Yuki specifically dropped he off. Just tailed but... off, didn't he? Yeah, I think part of it is maybe like Alpha Tauri were using a lot of their um, development tokens and aero time for Red Bull development, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> just throw that accusation out there just out of, out of nowhere. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the car definitely didn't get any better. It, did, it didn't look like it got any better over the season. Yeah. I think Gasly was good, was happy just to see the back of it. Um, Sonoda. Yeah, you know, it's just another one of those also ran kind of drives. I think this season it's, it's yeah. nothing really special to write home about. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been beaten by his teammate, hasn't he? So, and his, granted, his teammate's been there and then been in Formula One and had a lot more experience than Sonoda has. But I think by now, Sonoda should be probably doing a little bit better. So, um, should be he's yeah. definitely been closer. But yeah, you'd like yeah. to see him more on par. I don't feel like I can put him any higher up than he was mid-season. Yeah, agreed. So for me, I would keep him firmly in the same position. Then let's do that. Yuki's teammate, Pierre Gasly. Oof. Moving on his way to Alpine. Um, very average year. So 14th position in the standings, down five places from last year. Mid-season, we had him at the out in Q2 bracket. Um, I mean... To be fair, in that time, he did have a fifth place, didn't he? Um, in Azerbaijan, a decent result. Yeah, where... which ended up being the bulk of his points, didn't it, really? Yeah, and then, yeah, the only other point finishes he had were 8th, ninth, 10th, like, and there weren't many of them. Six points finishes in all, 23 points on the season. Only I... 14th in the championship. Yeah. Five places lower than last season. Um, Carl was terrible. But I think Gasly's had a pretty poor season, especially by the standards he's set for himself in the last few years. I yeah. think we should bump him down a tier personally. Um, it, it's a weird one with Gasly, isn't it? Like the car's definitely not been there for him, but I also feel like he's maybe um, underperformed this year, possibly already knowing that he was going. Like, I mean, when did that Alpine deal get done realistically? Summer, wasn't it? It was announced and, like later in the year, but yeah, it was as good mm-hmm. as done. Not that much after the summer, and I, I, I do like... think, yeah, I think we're gonna say the same thing. Once he had one foot in that Alpine seat, I think he kind of stopped caring, especially with the mm. crap car he'd got. And you know, he's also on the verge of a race ban, and we've talked about that. A lot of the points he's got are probably really overly harsh but a lot of the points he got are also very much deserved he has made made some silly mistakes so yeah really disappointing season for Gasly for me yeah I think low point for Gasly was probably Mexico I think that when he got that penalty for forcing um, Stroll uh, Stroll off the track personally I kind of felt that penalty was a little bit harsh but it's my standout memory of Mm -hmm. Gasly's season so it just shows you what a season he's had yeah I think to remember than that I think when he's had a fifth place in Azerbaijan and he's then had that penalty. I mean, probably it's the fact of it's more recent, but yeah, yeah. if you asked me to name things that have happened to Pierre Gasly this season, the list would have all been penalty point incidents, whether they yeah. were actually his fault or not. I'd completely forgotten that he'd finished fifth until I came to do this tonight and just sort of revisited results so that I could decide where I'd want to put people. And I think that that just, like you say, shows how like 
average to poor his season has been. He's he's barely gotten above average apart from probably that one race. Yeah. So absolutely. I think like using hards in Hungary and demoting him mm-hmm. a little bit is probably about right. Were you in agreement, Stu? Yeah, I can I can totally go with that. I've, it doesn't really matter what I think because you t- you guys are both sort of <laughs> true. We still want to hear your thoughts and, and agreed. Yeah. But um, your thoughts will be listened to, just not accepted. <laughs> I I'm neither here nor there. <laughs> I mean, I mean just, completely honestly, that speaks to his season, doesn't it? Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can't hover in between. Sadly, otherwise I would. Um, okay, let's move on to another team. We've got the Haas drivers, starting with Mick Schumacher. Uh, finished 16th this year, which is three places better than last season. We had him out in Q2 at the mid-season break. And then in terms of his sort of overall performance, he's scored 12 points this season. Um, and as I say, finished 16th in the championship. Not too far behind Kevin, but well, there were drivers scored- between them. He's got half the point, less yeah. than half the points yeah. that Magnussen scored. Um, yeah, two point. He had a little brief points winning run, didn't he, in mid season round the uh, British Grand Prix and Austrian Grand Prix. Yeah, um, I feel like snapped a few houses in half in the process. I feel like you know when I look back at his season and we know that that's how his season started compared to how it ended. I feel like this is one of those. Uh, past us were a little too generous. I think I... out in Q2 was probably where he is by the end of the season, but maybe at mid-season we should have probably had him a tier lower and he's sort of, he's got better as the year's gone on and now should be there, but probably shouldn't have been mid-season. Well, he was kind of on the back, mid-season when he was on the back of two decent results, like a negative Yeah, I think that's true. probably. Sixth in Austria. We, we were blinkered that's... by that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we were kind of, well, we probably just thought, we probably a bit rose-tinted spectacles on the back of a few positive results. Yeah, and definitely. He, he looked at that point in the season like he might be sort of, you know, back, getting on the front foot and sort yeah. of find his way into the car. And there were and, both points, comfortable. finishes above Magnussen as well. Because in those in those yeah. same races, Magnussen was two places yeah. behind him in both tenth and eighth in relation yeah. to mix eight and six. So I think there was probably a little bit of jubilance over those results that blink at the first third of the year. But I, I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd be happy Second... leaving him as out in Q two on the basis that maybe we were too generous because of those results at mid season, and it is a past us were slightly wrong. But I don't know. I'm not. I'm not too worried about. I'm not too worried about. Um former us like yeah. I, I feel i'm more worried about his performance after those points scoring performance so he never really managed anything above 12 I actually... and everything it just seems like his results just were firmly like <laughs> the, 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 there were the problems back. for the team though as well like magnuson only finished in the points once after that and if you look at the results between him and magnuson he was actually ahead of Magnussen still at times and on par with him. So I think... Yeah, I mean, def- there's definitely an element of Haas just did not develop their car. Yeah, <laughs> no. And they, they definitely there, so. messed up some potential point-scoring opportunities for both yeah. the drivers at times as well. Mm. Yeah. I've got short memories because I'm sure we were like quite complimentary about Haas as a Formula 1 team last week and now we're... No, I think we... <sighs> I, th- I think, if I remember rightly, we were saying Hass is one of those teams where it's like there's been times the drivers have kind of done the business and the team have sort of let them down, and there's been times where the 
team have given them a car and get points and the drivers have let them down. So for the record, we had Hassas um, out in Q2 in the mid-season break. I, I can yeah, in be the okay break, sorry, with, in finals. Sure. I could be with okay with leaving Mick where he is. I could make an argument for even dropping him down a tier if you look at his seasons as a whole. Because ultimately, like he had his destiny, his F1 future in his own hands, and he didn't seize it. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm. Ultimately, I, I, he I'll, wasn't I'll, good enough to keep his seat. I'll be even harsher with than you, Chris. I think open up the trap door and drop him down one. Oof. I think. Honestly, I think like, it, if you're not good, if you're not good enough to keep your seat, then, yeah, you know, I think how can you call that? Hearts in Hungary. You can't really call that a sort of fourth tier in Formula One performance. If out, fourth out of six tiers, like he's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop him so harshly down to I am stupid, but he, he's definitely second from bottom because mm-hmm. just again, it's a seat, it's a season of. I think he made a lot more mistakes than Magnussen yeah. did. Even that, even oh, if for sure. he, even if 100%. he was occasionally faster than Magnussen, I feel like he just showed a lot of that immaturity that he's had for a while in terms of like car control, in terms of like pushing too hard, that kind of thing. So at this level, and when there's so much money on the line, especially for the teams, you know, the, these lower end teams, you can't just be smashing up Formula One cars. No, exactly. <laughs> Especially, and in a budget cap that, era. There's the budget cap era as well. Yeah. Not that the budget cap makes that much difference to Haas, I don't think. I think this is He more does of, when he smashes up a car every weekend. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, this, that's just a... <laughs> but that's just, broadly speaking, Haas's budget. That's nothing to do with the budget cap. That's yeah. just, they don't have the money for him to be smashing up past cars every weekend. So yeah. I can see why he's gone. It's a shame the Schumacher name won't be in... Formula One, and it's a shame this sort of this dalliance into Formula One that he's had hasn't turned out the way we all wanted it to. Mm-hmm, but for sure, for the moment, you know that's where it is. But whether it's the car wasn't right for him, or whether he just doesn't sort of quite have the goods within that team, who knows? Like only only he and the team know that. But yeah, right now where we're at is we're not going to have a Schumacher in Formula One next year. And it'd be, I mean, it's kind of sad. He's He's still fairly young in, in Formula yes, One yes. terms. Yeah, he could, could be back. If, if Hulkenberg can come back, then Mike, Mick Schumacher can come back. Yeah. If, Michael, <laughs> if Michael Schumacher can come back, then Mick yeah. Schumacher can come back. Well, I mean, there is the thing as well that he's now he's, he's now officially associated with Mercedes, isn't he? He's like a no, I think test driver, or did it never get made official? Never got made official, but there's, there's still okay. rumblings of that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, if a, if a team is willing to take him on in that capacity... It's worked for other drivers in the past, hasn't it? Being in that sort of position to to take a seat when it comes yeah. opportunity. Bonus question. So. Bonus mm, question. Go on. Where can you see Schumacher being in terms of his racing career for the next year or so? Like, does he go to WEC? I think does WEC, he, yeah. Does he yeah. do a bit yeah. of IndyCar racing? Does he mm. go to Japan? Does he do DTM? I could see him going back to Germany in some capacity, like DTM. Um, Mercedes do love sending drivers to DTM, don't they? Yeah, well, Mercedes so, aren't in DTM anymore, so I, I I could see DTM. That's true, but it it really does depend on if a team like Mercedes is offering him the the test and could could he end up driver. in the Ferrari um in the Ferrari program for World Endurance Championship? Ferrari have basically cut ties from <laughs> the, yeah, they've, now, they've which surprised me. Got rid, so because yeah, Ferrari hypercar was where I expected him to go, but yeah. That, that's a, that's also a shame, but yeah, yeah. I think we've done that to death now. So let's we've done we've done Schumacher. Let's talk about his teammate. 
Mr. K-Mag. Yeah. I mean, an okay season, I guess, for a Haas driver, considering recent years. 13th in the construct... Uh, sorry, 13th in the drivers. Um, basically equaled what he did last season. We had him as out in Q2 at mid-season break. Overall, as, as we've sort of already alluded to, um, he doubled more than the points of his teammate, 25 points compared to 22. Um, some okay finishes. Obviously, the pole in Brazil, slightly fortunate circumstances, but he put in the lap that made it count. That was so. it. Like It was changeable circumstances. The weather wasn't great. Um, he had to get it right, and he did. And yeah. I think you know, that no one else did. So that's why he's a good driver for a team like Haas. Like, yeah, the opportunities to seize good results don't come up that often, and when they do, generally he does make the most of them. And that's yeah. what a yeah. team like Haas needs. I've, I've just realised. Well, I said the same place as he was last season. He wasn't here. Last oh yeah, it's because it's like non-applicable. I've read it as the same, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. He wasn't here last season. So I think that's a fact to take in as well. Like you know, a driver returning yeah, after time completely. away, hundred percent. And yeah, it was definitely. quite late on in the season as well, wasn't it? Really, uh, well in really? the in the pre-season, in the pre-season, it was really late it was on. Like it was like right literally before like, the first yeah, test, wasn't days it? Before, yeah. it? Days before, days before the first um, thing, because they obviously ditched Urikali and yeah, um, he was shot be named. <laughs> yeah, and, and Mazapan because for obvious reasons. So, um, I I could Magnuson. move him up a tier. I think I could put Kev in. Not bad for a number two. I feel like his in Brazil towards the end of the season just makes me want to move him up to like truly acknowledge it he was um, like but he was like book end of the season with the pole in Brazil and then he was like what fifth in his first race back I think yeah I think that's right yes he was yeah I can yeah. check but yeah there you go he was um yeah I mm. I could I could have him as not bad for a number two driver I think he's definitely he definitely qualifies I would say like you said Tom the um the pole in Brazil was a was a big eye-opener I think <clears throat> you, yeah. you hit the nail on the head. Like compared to his teammate, I don't think his teammate was capable of that pole, and I think no. he was. Um, and that's the difference, and that's why mm-hmm. I would move move uh, Magnuson up one and the teammate down one. So yeah, create the gulf between them. Mm-hmm. Well, that was easier for Magnuson. <laughs> Let's move on to the Aston Martin pairs. We'll start with Lance Stroll. Finished fifteenth overall. That's down two places from last year. Uh, mid-season, we had him in the Notorious. Oh, yeah, I'm stupid. Um, and since then, a few more points finishes, but is it enough to improve that? Finish on 18 points overall. Fitting, I guess, as that's his race number. Um, personally, if I could move him down to an even lower <laughs> tier, I would. Like, Latifi's been slow. Stroll has been slow and dangerous like the amount of particularly in the back end of the season the amount of like really sketchy defensive moves that he kept yeah, doing true. race on very race. true yeah um really really poor season for stroll um, yeah so you mentioned that you refer to obviously the alonso um incident in the usa just where, one he, of them. where yeah. he uh yeah where he moved over on him and then what was the there was another brazil. really egregious one was brazil, it, was brazil to, to his teammate wasn't it in brazil yeah it was it was there was a move oh on yeah Seb. brazil against Vettel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Both of those are definitely enough for me to put him down to. I am stupid. I think 
Oh, he's uh, there. sorry. Or to, or to keep him, keep him <laughs> in that firmly in that zone. Um, yeah, I, you don't you don't like to see it. This is the pinnacle of motorsport, and these are really mm. really fast cars. And Alonso, you know, he, that was a really really dangerous accident Alonso had, and yeah. what what he did to Vettel was almost. I mean, to not learn from that mistake and to yeah. do the same thing to your teammate of all people. Um, what could be more stupid than that? So absolutely, play the tune. I am stupid. <laughs> Done. Done. Um, this guy looks like a rock star. That's it. Done. Seb Vettel. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to say his name. <laughs> now, um, we'll do Seb next. So 12th on the championship, which is actually equal to where he was last season. This time I'm right because he was competing last season. <laughs> At mid-season, we actually had him down in like using hards in Hungary. I feel like we've maybe learned a lesson that that was partially the car at that point in the season and changes that they made over the summer break had a positive impact. Um, overall, as we say, he was 12th with 37 points specifically, which again, he's like doubling his teammate there. Landstroll had 18. Um, and quite a solid run of points finishes really for Seb towards the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there were, there were three races where he didn't finish in the points after the summer break, but you know, the vast majority was was competing for those points. Um, yeah. It's definitely an upturn. I'm very aware that we're all going to try to not get too roast into glasses and nostalgic and a bit of a loving <laughs> for Seb here, but I am going to push for moving him up two tiers. I think his second half of the season was really, really solid. Like, the car obviously got better. Um he made the decision to leave. And I feel like from those points onwards, he kind of came alive a bit. Like some of his wheel-to-wheel racing was as good as we've ever seen for him. Um, so we had him hard in Hungary, didn't we? I think I think move him up two to number two driver, personally. I could have him at not bad for number two driver. And there's some irony in that, considering who said that famous line. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Matt Webber was the original, wasn't the OG. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Let me think. So, yeah, I, I don't hate that idea of putting him up to uh, to there. I think his performance, of the, you're right, his performance of the season, the second part of the season was much, much better. I think he did have a better car as well. He's clearly outperformed his teammate by a, yeah. a very decent margin across, across the year. Um, so I think overall, consider, especially considering that he missed two races at the start of the season and was yep. replaced by uh, oh, yeah. Hulk, Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg. Hulk Hulkenberg. I mean, Nico Hulkenberg at the start. First two races. And bearing in mind that Hulk, even Hulkenberg, beat Stroll. So yeah, I yeah. mentioned this before. But Hulkenberg was a, <laughs> finished one place ahead of Stroll in Saudi Arabia. Um, yeah. Uh, to, to comprehensively beat your team late, teammate like that, and be have competed in two races less than him warrants moving up. And as well, it's Sebastian Vettel. He did drive really amazingly in the second half of the season in the equipment he had. So, yeah, I can go with that. Awesome. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I was just being silly when I said looks like rock stars. I perfectly agree with number two driver. That's, that's good. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have the boys at Alfa Romeo. So we'll start with Joe Guan Yu. Um, finally, <laughs> finally, we get to 18th place. It's in the all Stu's here for. Finally, right? Yeah, 18th place in the standings. Um, 
We had him as using hards in Hungary at mid-season. Not been the best year, but it's it's a it's a. I find this one a weird one because the car has definitely been better than Joe has made it seem. I think. Um, but there's also been there's also been issues for him, like in terms of race management from a team perspective. I think hasn't there? I think degree, it's. I think the problem he's had is that car was fairly decent at the start of the season. And again, whether it's the car getting worse or relative to other teams, but it's just got further and further and further down the order. And I yeah. think Joe has probably improved at the same rate the car has got worse. So his best performances have been at a time where the car is not capable of much. I think anyway, as well as... You- the way that you can sort of see that happening almost, as as you say, if you like look at his finishes, it goes from, I'm just going to like sort of real numbers off here, but you'll sort of see the pattern where you've got like 16, 14, 16, 13, 14, 16, 16, 12, 13, 12, 12. Like there's, there's an improvement there, isn't there? Especially when the car wasn't improving, but others around it potentially were. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like it's a little bit of a different scenario. Maybe, you know, uh, a veteran as he is these days in Valtteri Bottas, maybe he's expected to outperform his teammate, a, a rookie teammate at that by a considerable amount. And I think when you look at Bottas's results, really solid points finishes of the first half of the season, only got two at the back, at the back end of the season yeah. with Mexico and Brazil. So I think that that in itself showed you how the car either wasn't improved at all or even potentially fell away. But through that, Joe News results have actually, you know, improved um, somewhat. So, All right, I'm, I'm going to put my cards on the table here and I have a feeling I'm going to get voted down here, but I think Joe should move up a tier. Interesting. Where do we have him before? From... Hards like Hungry and you want to put him as out in Q2. Yeah, I think mm. he's quietly done a pretty solid job. Not crashed all that much. He's gradually, I feel, I feel like the gap between him and Bottas has come down as the season's gone on. As I say, it's the, just the fact that the car got so bad towards the end of the season. He's the only rookie on the grid this year as well, yeah, isn't he? He is, yeah. Here's how you measure it. Um, did he have a better season than Mick Schumacher? I, mm. I think he did. I think he did as well. I think I'd. I think if I had to choose between those two drivers for my team, I would probably go for Joe. It's interesting though when he's only got six points compared to Schumacher's twelve, isn't it? It is, but I think it, there's less crashing going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> less, less silly mistakes. Less. Definitely less silly mistakes for Joe. And I think the fact that I think you have to give Joe credit, much more credit for the fact that he is a rookie this year. You know, yeah. he's he's come into uh, the, the leap from F two to Formula One is so huge and for yeah. him to, it's understandable that he had a couple of retirements early in the season first half of the season he was finding his feet second half of the season the the results did slowly start to sort of you know he's got himself a few points um he got points in his first outing yeah in a formula one car which is pretty no mean you know, face. that's kind of special um it's probably another team that have not really done all that much development to their car as well. So the results yeah. were always going to either you were going to, it's kind of like a, 
pyramid chart almost, if you like. Like he'll he'll while the while the car's not being developed, he'll get used to the car and he'll probably get a little little bit better bit by bit. And then there's a crossover point where the car is just losing so much time for the rest of the team, but he doesn't seem to be sort of dropping off quite as much as maybe yeah. the car should be. So yeah, Which is evidently in um, Bottas's results. I think mm-hmm. so, yeah, I agree. Yeah. You um, see a different so, pattern in Bottas's results, and that is Bottas's experience in the sport, isn't it? Being able to absolutely. hit the ground running in that in that yeah, car. Absolutely. So out in Q2, I think it has to be out in Q2 for Joe because I can't put him on the same level as Schumacher or or, or um, Sonoda or Gasly. I think he's yeah. been... Which is... As a, as a performance, <laughs> I think it's been better... As, as a driving individual performance, I think it's been much, much better yeah, than Joe than it has agree. been from the others, consider, all things considered. And as as has been pointed out in Discord chat as they're listening to us debate this, Joe's had a lot of issues where other people have taken him out of a race or Ferrari's Ferrari engine has let him down. Yeah. They're, they're, they're some of the examples. So, yeah, some of the things at retirements or very low finishes have actually been almost out of his control in that regard. Yeah. Um, so I think when you take that into consideration as well, I'm I'm happy moving him up. It's been a yeah, decent I mean, rookie re- season, not nothing spectacular, but it's something to build on, isn't it? Um, and it's something yeah. to to go into next season and and grow from, hopefully. As a as a very very minor, just devil's advocate counter to that, um, being a, I've I've completely forgotten. That's left my brain. <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> What were you saying? You were, you, the, the, I just said it's a decent... Yeah, he got taken out by Ferraris. The, uh, no, the Ferrari engine let him down a couple of times. Oh, he got taken out by so other backmarkers. He could have avoided being taken out by other backmarkers by qualifying better. Yeah. But he's a true. rookie, so that, you can't, that doesn't yeah. really I mean, can't stand up as an argument. We say backmarkers. One of the people that took him out was George Russell. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Oh, that was at Great Britain, wasn't it? Yeah, was the Silverstone. Yeah, and and also, he had probably the worst accident of anyone yeah. all season, I would say, yeah. as well. That was like a really hair-raising, scary, scary, scary accident. Yeah. And, um, he, and he walked, and, and he just brushed it off. Like it yeah. Was nothing. Yeah, like to, I mean, they they tuned a little bit different, F1 drivers, and, well, racing <laughs> just drivers. Just they're, they're bloody mental, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to someone else bloody mental is Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to push my luck again then. I also oh. think Bottas should go up a tier. Okay, well, to clarify, we had him as not bad for a number two driver at the mid-season break. Obviously, a considerable drop from last season, but there was a big <laughs> change in team. He was going from a world champion winning team to Alfa Romeo, so he dropped seven places down to 10th. Um, in terms of his like season in, I guess, numbers, so to speak. Um, he was on 49 points by the end of the year, which is a big gulf to show. Um, beat out a lot of people that you'd maybe expect to have been doing better than him as well, possibly come the start of the season, like mm-hmm. Ricardo and Vettel, um, Gasly. You'd have potentially expected them and their car. I mean, yeah, fair enough, they were let down by the cars in some capacities, but it's not where I saw Bottas being by the end of the year. So no, to finish top half of the driver standings in that car, no mean feat. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd have had him. Uh, the thing for me is, I feel like at the start of the season, when everything was a little bit unknown, 
that car had potential to be in the points, and he did a relative, relatively good job of keeping it there and to a decent consistent. Yeah, yeah, to a decent consistency. So a lot of sixth, seventh, eighths, that kind of like comfortably in the points. You can see the point where everybody else is developing around them and they're not keeping up because that suddenly turns into 11th, 13th, even 15th. And then a couple towards the end of the season with a 10th and a 9th place. Um, I'd, I'd have him as not bad for number two driver because I don't think he's massively like outperformed the car, but he's got the job done that needed to be done with the car, in in my opinion. Um, and um, I don't know if that's anything better than not bad for a number two driver. I think he has outperformed the car a lot. Not not all okay. the time, but on occasions. And for that reason, I'm going to push for bumping him up a tier. But I so know you I'm, want to bump him to smooth operator? I do, but I know I'm also the resident Bottas fan and I'm probably pushing my luck a little bit there. <laughs> well, no, well... <sighs> There, there's a, there's a, there is a very, very good case I think for putting him up a tier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think given what he got and where he finished car wise, like you know that consistency that he's shown at the start of the season there to get mm-hmm. the points yeah. while he could, I think it as again as a, this is a strictly a driver performance, you can almost see where the cars he's, he's been so consistent. You can almost see where the cars like fall yeah. behind in development and then come back into the game with a final update at the yeah. end of the season. Like the results just tell that story just when yeah, you look yeah. at that chart. So um I think if there's one thing that you really want from your drivers, it's consistency above all mm-hmm. else. Um well, speed maybe first <laughs> and then consistency. But I mean, what good is all the speed if you don't have the consistency to put it string it together yeah. into a in a season long performance? So um, what he's done this season, I think, is he's done as good a job as he's ever done as he ever did for 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 a Mercedes, um, mm. and that consistency has seen him through and and got him in the top half of the table at the end of the year when yeah. he's in a car that car is not top half no. of of the table, not, not at even all. close. So um, that's my case for putting him up to smooth operator yes right there i think i think i think he should be i think he he belongs in the in the second from top tier you are the voice of reason beautiful you have, Get you have proven chris to be non-bias do you think i should scenario. take up law <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> definitely definitely shouldn't. uh right moving on to the next team uh we have the mclaren boys we'll start with daniel ricardo 11th in the standings, that's three down from last year. Mid-season, we had him, like, using hard in Hungary. Wasn't having a good year. Did improve towards the back end and started being able to string results together. Uh, finished with 37 points and uh, some decent points finishes uh, amongst those last few races. A fifth in Singapore, um, seventh in Mexico, ninth in Abu Dhabi. Quite yeah. close on other occasions no. as well. Okay. Difficult so, on this one. Is it? I mean, We've, I definitely... So we, we, we're quite lucky now at this point. We've got to Daniel Ricciardo. We've got quite a good basis on, in that we've got a few other drivers in our <laughs> um, in our table now. So we've got a few metrics by which to <laughs> score him against, a few more than what we might have had at the very beginning of the, the episode. Um, Valtteri Bottas... We just spoke about 
what he did in that car and how good he's been to get the result he's got from that car. I think with Ricardo, it's the completely the other way around. I think Ricardo yeah. had a, a much better car than than what he should have, and sorry, he had a much better car than what Bottas had, and yet Bottas has beaten him, beaten him. in the yeah. uh, in the World Tw- Championship. Twelve whole points. Yeah. So whether and you know that's easy to say from the outside because what might be a good car for uh, Lando Norris might be a shocking car for Daniel Ricciardo. But someone, you know, you need that adaptability. In for all the best drivers have had that adaptability and been yeah. able to sort of take a not necessarily brilliant car and adjust and you know get the most out of it. Look at Alonso for Renault. Like, yeah, it was a it wasn't that. To be fair, that was a brilliant car, but that was a weird car to drive. And I think there's not many drivers other than Alonso you put in that car and they, they're they able to make the most of it. Yeah. And that's the difference between a really, really talented driver and uh, maybe a maybe a driver with much more focused needs on what they need to get the performance mm-hmm. out of a car. So, because I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and call Daniel Ricciardo not talented. I think he is talented, but he's, he needs the right car to get the performance out of it. He's been unfortunate. He hasn't had the performance from the car and, I can't really put him any... Where have we got him from last season? He was hard in Hungary mid-season. I mean, I certainly can't move him up because his performances, I just have not, to me, just don't seem to have improved that much across the the second half of the season. I mean, the reason I said it was a difficult one is because he he did sort of find his groove to some degree with the car towards the end of the season and start getting the results. Yeah. But it was a little bit too little too late like he'd lost his seat because of it um like <laughs> he'd and even then there was the the silly art the silly accident in brazil as well where he took um magnuson out in the race yeah yeah and he did the same thing in mexico Six as well four. just like lazily sticking his nose into a gap that was always mm. going to close <clears throat> i do think he got better in the second half of the season it, i don't think he improved enough to move him up so i'm happy to I leave could, him where he is i could agree with that Shame. I think that's so like to be the honest, guy, but his performance has not been there this year, has yeah. it? We've spoke a lot about Danny Ricardo this year. I think he's been quite a hot yeah. talking point for for a lot of people. <laughs> all the wrong um, reasons, for, unfortunately, for all the wrong reasons. But and I don't think we need to add much more to it than that, really. But um, it's a shame. Um, and, and look, at the end of the day, when someone's lost their drive, how on earth would we be able to put them up a place? <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just never good. I think this is a, a positive result to put him to keep him. <laughs> Where he is, to be honest, probably might be the best result he's had all season. <laughs> Sorry, McLaren fans. <laughs> I mean, I'm one of them, and I still agree. <laughs> um, right, his teammate, Mr. Norris, Lando Norris, finished seventh in the standings. It's actually one place lower than uh, last year. Uh, we had him as a smooth mm. operator at the uh, mid-season break. Handsomely beat his teammate. Uh, scored 122 points compared to Ricardo's 37. Um, I think decent. Podium, yeah, podium to, earlier in the year. Um, in it was Emilia Romagna, wasn't it? It was. Uh, yeah. So good results. I mean that that weekend in particular, he was on it, wasn't it? I remember back to that like. He was fighting for pole position if he did not strayed yeah. just a few mil too far over that white that line car. and cost himself a lap. 
in that um, absolute yeah in that car that was allegedly a dog he's only finished outside of the points three times i mean yes he's had a couple of retirements in there as well but in terms of actual finished, finishers yeah. he's only finished outside of the point three times yeah. with two retirements on top of that he's it's the he's consistency with incredible like yeah it's the consistency we spoke of with bottas as well like i mean just listen to these points finishers and there's a huge number that stands out and it's exactly where seven, he's in the standings. Seven, yeah. Seven, seven, seven fifth, seven. third, eighth, sixth, ninth, sixth, seventh, 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 fourth, tenth, sixth, ninth, sixth. He's the only driver outside of the top six to get a podium. Yeah. yeah. And, th- and we normally get a surprise podium at places like Baku and stuff, don't we? Like it does happen. Um, but yeah, it, Lando feels like the only person outside the, the big three teams that's driven and deserved a podium you maybe have an argument for a couple of the drives that the alpine guys put in between ocon alonso between them like they've come close but i think lando i, I mean i might be this might be my sort of no um, no bias like i feel like he's the only driver outside of the big three teams that's driven worthy enough to actually you know compete for a podium this season well, I mean, that's just there on the scoreboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know. I mean, no, I know right he's literally there. had it, but you would you would have thought that, like, I don't know, Al, like say Alpine probably were in with a shout of one or two, um, and if they'd have had him, I'd have still said Lando probably deserved it more. But <laughs> you know that what? might just be my bias. I don't think Alpine were ever ever going to get a podium this season. I don't think there was anything. I didn't know the start of the season, but but there was a good period where they were stringing together like. A lot of fifth and fourth place and taking advantage of yeah. like fourth in Japan. Yeah, the, fourth in Japan. yeah, it was like taking advantage of things like Carlos and um and Charles having issues with the Ferrari engine or, or whatever it might have been and you know, like the periods well, where well, yeah. Yeah, let's like get, just the periods where get, other drivers, but yeah. Um they're next probably anyway. I think Norris was in <laughs> Probably the worst car. It's because it is related to Alpine anyway. This Norris was in the less good car, I think, oh, by the end sure. of the season. The, fact the Alpine was a bad car. A, the fact that he finished above both Alpine drivers is wild. And I yeah, know part the, of that is Alpine struggles, but Yeah, Alpine have had some engine struggles and a few a couple of retirements, which but then you know it all adds up. That's the thing. Even so. Mm-hmm. Norris did a I mean he finished what? He hundred and twenty two points to ninety two points is the nearest Alpine just behind him in that in eighth uh, with Esteban Ocon. So it was 30 points ahead of, yeah. of, of considerable when you're in that midfield battle, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's a battle. huge margin. That's a huge margin. Lando Norris got the job done this season. Yeah. He's like, a smooth although, for me. although his results verging were... on Rockstar. Sorry. Yeah. Like, although his results were not as good as last season and obviously had less podiums. I actually think he's driven even better this year, just in a worse car. I think he's got every drop of performance out of that car and more at times. I yeah. I think I can Rockstar. put him up to the top level. He's been incredible. I think we can. Yeah. Let yeah. it be known, I had him at Smooth Operator and I'm the resident Lando Norris fan. Just saying, this is not preferred driver... Fan bias. Yo, they no, said this is it. not bias at all. This is they just, said no, it. This is objective. This is purely <laughs> no, objective. I mean, no, I'm making sure that this is definitely an objective decision because you two Tom, made you it. You don't have to say anything. This is the most objective <laughs> podcast on the internet. Stick. You don't have to worry about. I'm what clarifying it. Everyone <laughs> I'm knows. It. 
<laughs> stick Lando in either Perez or Sainz's seat, and uh, Verstappen or Leclerc would have a much harder time. Yeah. Yes, I agree. With I'd that. say so. I'd say so. Nice. I would love to see Lando Norris in that Red Bull. Oh. I'm going to say right now. I think I think he'll get a Red Bull or a Mercedes seat in the future. Oh, imagine George. It's going to be God. George and Lando at Mercedes. Imagine Lando, together, yeah, Lando Norris and George Russell. Oh, that 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 get fireworks. Yeah. Oh, it'd be brilliant. Yeah, it'd be brilliant. Okay. Would it be for a championship? Who knows? That's that, that's fantasy. Let's carry on. Yeah, we're going to move to the reality of this season. Um, <laughs> we've got Alpine up next. So, Ocon finished. Uh, oh no, actually, we'll do Alonso first because Alonso finished ninth in the standings. Um, it's up a place from last year. Mid-season, we had him not bad for a number two driver. Um, in terms of the points, I think Stu just kind of mentioned it roughly a minute ago, but Alonso had 81 points this season. Um, some decent finishes. Again, the consistency we've talked about with some of the other drivers, but I feel like plagued by mechanical failures. Yeah, and Alonso being Alonso of, you know, I'd be winning races if this car <laughs> didn't fall apart on me kind of attitude. I can't think um, of many times he had a bad result and it was his fault. No, few and far between, if any. He's been really good. He's been so good this season. Like, he probably would have been top three in qualifying Australia if the car hadn't pitched him into a wall. He stuck it on the front row in Canada. Like, he's had... He's not Obviously, he's not been on the podium, but, like, he's picked up... a like fifth and sixth here and there at times when the car probably wasn't up to that. He, yeah, he's been great. He's been really impressive. Um, has he been impressive enough to move him up a tier? Can we wait, make wait, him a smooth we... operator? I, I don't know. It's, it's the, the thing for me, the, the thing I find difficult with this one is there's not much in it between him and Ocon. Ocon Ocon's 11 points ahead. And I feel like one or two of those retirements don't take Alonso out of a really strong position and he'd probably have beaten Ocon. Like it's not like Ocon didn't have retirements, he did. But I feel well, like a lot more o- of them came at yeah, Alonso's Ocon, expense. Ocon had two retirements, Alonso had five. Yeah. So Yeah. Um, and and Alonso was generally speaking, for the most part, in quite decent point paying positions at the time of having retirements. Like how many times, I feel like at least twice, if not three times this season, we had moments where we're like, Alonso's chasing so-and-so down for like fifth or something. Like there was was an element of something about to unfold. And then the next shot of Alonso was him pulling off down a side road with smoke pouring out the back of the car. Yeah. And like, I feel like that happened at least twice, if not three times this season. Like Singapore, we had like a few yeah. laps of him defending for his life from Verstappen. It was amazing racing. And then, oops, sorry, the Renault's yeah. fallen apart again. Yeah. Um, Is it enough to make him a smooth operator, though? That's the question. I, I, the I, the, the I thing that's going to be really interesting for me is if we do, where's Ocon going to end up? That's the interesting bit for me, I think. I think. Because how many the points gap between them was really small, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Why is it Ocon ninety two, Alonso eighty one? Yeah. 
Alonso had a way better season than Ocon. I think those points do not tell the story at all. You give back the points Alonso would have got from the retirements that weren't his fault, he would handily have beaten Ocon. Yeah, I think he would have been at least 10, 20 points ahead of... Yeah, well, that that's kind of what I was getting at before. Like, yeah. I, I just feel like there's a lot more retirements on his side from the car point of view. And they were always from... Or they felt like they were always from decent points playing positions. And I think they would be roles reversed um had it not been for those retirements yeah so are we doing these both together then we've kind of ended i mean we kind of are and we've turned into that with them being so close they, i mean yeah. you've got to look at it as well like other than the two down the bottom in latifi and albon they the two only two teammates together up to this point now aren't they mm. since we were down mm. at the bottom end of the table um and they're the only two together for the rest of the table which probably yeah. says something so, about the consistency of both of them, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think as well, Ocon's finished three places ahead of where he was last season as well, which there's credit there. Yeah. Um, I would yeah, say like, they're both probably not bad for number two drivers still. because uh, Oh, maybe I put them as smooth operators. I, th- for, I think Ocon stays as number two, Alonso moves up to smooth operator. That's what I'm going to go for. Ooh, I don't hate that. Tom, what do you think? I mean, I've dropped that in as he was saying it because I had a feeling <laughs> that's what he was going to say and I kind of agree. It, it's one okay. of those It's one of those scenarios where, like I think Chris's exact words were, the, the championship table at the end of the season doesn't really tell the full picture. Like you'll mm-hmm. look back on this in 10 years and you'll be like, oh, I can't beat Alonso that season. But like here on the spot of actual remembering the season, you sort of, you know that to not be the whole story. And so I think he deserves a little bit of acknowledgement for that. So I'm I'm happy having him in bumped up the smooth yeah. operator, but keeping Ocon is not bad for cool. number two. You make a great case. And you make a great case, Tom. Which is not Thanks. to, like we've not really sought to wear Ocon that much. I don't want to talk him down too much. I think Ocon has had a really, really good season. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he's going to give Gasly a really hard time next year. But there's, I feel like we've seen... The, the younger, slightly hot-headed Ocon has come back a couple of times this season, which was a little bit of a shame to see. I thought yeah. I thought he had matured out of that, and that seemed to come... And maybe that's what comes of having Alonso as a teammate, I suppose. Probably, yeah. yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm happy to agree with you both. I think Alonso's definitely easily smooth operator, um, and I would say... Ocon is. I'm. I'm fine with him staying as not bad for a number two driver. I think he is. Cool. Despite finishing ahead of Alonso in the championship, I think he's still number two in comparison to Alonso, and I think he will be so relieved that Alonso is going to yeah. Aston Martin yeah. as well. I'm. I'm very excited to actually see Gasly if he gets his act back together as to where it. I used to hold him. You know the where I used to hold him on the grid. If he gets back to that form quickly in the Alpine, Ocon's in trouble. I've always I've always liked Ocon and thought he deserved to be on the grid. But I think peak Gasly is better than peak Ocon. And I can see Ocon having a fight on his hands if Gasly's on form in that car. I would it's agree with that. It's an exciting prospect. It's an exciting yeah. prospect, mm. isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next team which is the Mercedes drivers. Um, so we'll start with Lewis, with him being lower in the standings. So sixth for Lewis this year, um, down five. They looked like rock stars, is how we had him. 
earlier in the season. And I think that was probably because we knew how bad the car was and we knew what he was doing to try and um, undo that, I guess. It was um, on the back of, like, what, quadru... No, five podiums. Something like five podiums <laughs> in a row. Mid-season review. Yeah, he got, like... Yeah. Three third places and two second places. Yeah, like the form had come. He'd he'd put the work in with the team to help get to the bottom of what was wrong with the car, yeah. understand then, it better, and get the podiums, which he started getting. 240 points overall. So, um, I mean, only six behind Carlos Sainz, who had what we thought yeah. was going to be potentially the championship winning car. So... Yeah, so um, let's just look at those results for a second. So, like, obviously, opening race of the season, podium um, ahead of his teammate. Then, obviously, the work begins on how the hell do we understand this car? Um, and then it's a 10th and a 4th, a 13th, a 6th, a 5th and an 8th by the time we get to Monaco. Um so that that's really like like up to Monaco. That's kind of like the grind going on there, isn't it? To, to figure out <laughs> yeah. what the hell is wrong with this car. How do we set it up? How do we how do we work it? Um, and then you know by the time we got to Azerbaijan, where it was big time, kind of like porpoising, you know, really really poor performance from the car, but he he pulled a fourth out of it. And then from then on, it's it's almost like they started to put a bit more effort into. Ooh, into making making the car perform rather than research the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, 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 they kind um, of they, they understood the car enough to get the best out of it, didn't they? Wasn't I think we talked about this a little bit in the in the team review where we were saying, you know, they never truly improved the car to to a huge degree. What they did is learn the the characteristics of what they'd built and understood them to the point where they could get the most out of what they had without making yeah. developments on it. And and after that point, after after Canada, there was really only one absolute stinker of a result for them, and that was for Hamilton, sorry, and that was uh Singapore. He finished ninth in Singapore where they just Yeah, they, they just were to Singapore. Yeah. They just weren't they were there. just off they the pace, there. weren't they? And George was miles out yeah. of points as well. Yeah. Um, so and he beat his teammate in that race as well. So I think mm -hmm. where they've where both drivers have had a car that's actually set up to you know perform to its maximum and not do the research, then I think he's been better than his teammate. Now, can you put Hamilton as a look like rock star, looking like a rock star? I think you know. It's a. I think the one-two in Brazil helps helps the cause somewhat, but I, I, I'm kind of struggling to. I think get him above smooth operator. Um, it's it's tough, isn't it? it? If anything, it's the first half of the season that keeps him higher for me. Like he had what four podiums in the first half of the season, and that car was third, fourth, maybe even fifth best well, across yeah. that first half. More, more than that it, at times, it, yeah. We don't we don't take the summer break until after Hungary, do we? Budapest. Yeah, I think there's the times point. in the second Actually, half of the season when it wasn't so, even like it wasn't fifth fifth best at times. And I think this is why I was so okay being pretty harsh rating Mercedes last week because I think Mercedes as a team 
I mean, they massively dropped the ball, we know. And like, even towards the end of the season, it was like some weeks they were on pace, some weeks it was terrible. Whereas I think their drivers basically did the best they could with what they'd got pretty mm, consistently. Every weekend. Do you think with other drivers, that car would have finished a lot further down? Like that t- the mm. team would have finished a lot further down. Do you think if, say, I... Norris and Perez were in there, it would we've... have ended up sort of somewhere like fourth or fifth in the, in the championship? I'm going to say with the team. results that George got out of it, no, it would have probably still been the third fastest car at the end of the season. Mm, I think, and the reason I say that is because he would remember. You got to remember, he was consistently in the top five throughout the first. Well, throughout pretty much the entire season, yeah, other than retirements and oddball results, like yeah, there was a consistency there. Outside of the um, thing, Russell, I think Great Britain. He finished. He retired. It was the DNF with a crash. And Singapore was fourteenth, and then which was every- the weekend they just didn't turn up. Everything else. <laughs> oh, there was the eighth in Japan as well. Eighth in track, and every other race he was above fifth. fifth. Yeah, fifth or above. So I think you put two talented drivers in that car, even without the sort of Lewis Hamilton helping the team discover it for the first third of the season. It still continues to finish fourth, fifth, sixth on a regular basis with two talented drivers in it. So I think, I mean, the the thing for me is like. Lewis Hamilton's work rate has been sort of exemplary yeah. in the in the sort of the I guess humility to be, sort of take one for the team essentially for the first third of the season and help them understand the car and sort of sacrifice what was going on for that to improve and for them to understand it I better. Guess, I guess um, to play just to quickly play devil's advocates, I think there's two reads on that. I think there's the I will, I will take the hit and do the best thing for the oh, team. Oh yeah, he's been asked or to there, do Or it. there's the, well, I'm not going to win a championship, so whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm not even mm. that invested. I'll drive the yes, car. Like, I, I can see why people would take the two different reads on that. But there, there's you also, don't know, the, do you? You don't know the, that specific one behind the, it. There's a third angle there, and it's well, this car's not going to give me a championship. I better work really hard to make sure that we understand it, and I can get one next year. Yeah, yeah. And there's a fourth angle, which is. George just got it immediately, and Lewis didn't know how to get the best out of it until Canada or maybe Azerbaijan. <laughs> the, there is that angle, but I, I don't think that's a struggle <laughs> to that ain't it cheap. Subscribe to that angle. I'm yeah. just I'm just being like the devil's devil's advocate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow, it was like it was devilception. I um, I don't think this hasn't been Hamilton's best season for sure. Like obviously the results wise, no. but in terms of like. He's driving. I, st- I also don't think it's been his best season. And I don't think last year was either, to be honest. I, yeah, I, I would sort of agree. I, I, I can basically justify sort of putting him at smooth operator on the basis that, I mean, yeah, he's put the work in, whether it's been forced or voluntarily, whichever. Um, and yeah, he's got results and he's, he's had some fairly decent podium runs in amongst that. But he's not done anything that you wouldn't expect out of that car and out of him. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like it's, he's it's not really done, tough. He's it's not really done anything one. sort of out of the ordinary and above and beyond, I guess, what you would expect him to be able to do in that car. Um, like, I mean, we talk about normally, don't get me wrong, the Mercedes has been a dominant car for the last five years, but we talk about races where Verstappen in his superior Red Bull, Hamilton in his superior Mercedes, whatever, 
win races that they have no business winning. It's what it's a phrase that I know Stu yeah. like loves, and that is like an outstanding driver performance is when they win races they had no business winning to begin with because they were starting at the back or the car was not up to scratch come race day, whatever the reason being. And I don't feel like we've had any of those performances out of Lewis this season. Um, whereas... I think, he had, I think he got podiums that he had no business getting. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that was probably about as much as the car was capable of. But I think George probably had a few of those as well, which is why yeah. I'd... As we sort of slowly drifted into his review, I think I'd probably keep them about equal, but for maybe different reasons. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so the, I guess the big question really is like, have, have either of these two driven as well as Lando Norris? Because Lando Norris is <laughs> actually yeah, looking like a rock star. So. I think the difference that we've got with Lando Norris though is we're saying Lando got like results that were above the car, and I feel like George and Lewis have delivered what the car was capable of, and it was just a bad car. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like they've delivered anything that the car wasn't capable of, and I think that was sort of evident when we had the the let's call them the low altitude races, no high altitude, high whatever altitude. it is, Brazil. yeah, high altitude yeah. races, um, like Mexico and Brazil, like they were much more on the pace, but there was clearly a factor in play that was assisting that. Um, uh, because back down to Abu Dhabi and uh, sea level, and we're back to where we were. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. It actually I, I, points to a weak internal combustion engine, doesn't it? Because they're relying more on the electrical power than they are on the yeah, the, yeah. of it. De- there's definitely a weakness for them. Um, yeah, I, th- I, think, I think I'm okay with Hamilton staying in smooth operator. Okay. Well, let, let's quickly run down the numbers of um, George's performance this season. So he finished fourth overall, uh, 11 places up from last season. I'm not surprised considering the teams he moved between. It was a smooth operator at the mid-season break. And then in the standings, he's finished fourth with 275 points. So 35 more than Lewis. Um, and beating out uh, Carlos Sainz, who was sandwiched in between them, Ferrari. So... I guess we move quickly on to has George done anything to improve or has he done not enough to stay where he is? Where do we put George on this table? I I think he stays where he is. I think he's done... Like, obviously, points-wise, he finished ahead of Hamilton. I don't think anyone in all seriousness will tell you that's down to performance. We know Hamilton was running overweight cars <laughs> and testing parts for the first third of the season. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that he was as close to Hamilton as he was is obviously very commendable. He's been super consistent. I think when he has made mistakes, they've been big ones. Like the crash at the start of Silverstone was was George's yeah. bad. It was a pretty ropey one. He stuck it in the wall in qualifying two or three times, I think, hasn't he? Um, it was off in the gravel in Brazil, which led to yeah. the Magnussen pole. Mm-hmm. So still far from... Uh, definitely not like it's not gleaming is it it's not there's stuff it's that, very, there are mistakes yeah, there like to, to go back to the question you asked earlier Stu I think if you put Lando and Norris in the other Mercedes next to him Norris would have outdone George over a season mm. okay there's, so. there's my spicy take would he have <laughs> outdone Hamilton 
to go back to Hamilton really quick. Or well, if you had outdone George, you technically would have, yeah. If if Chris thinks it, Lando would have outdone George yeah, and George yeah, outdid yeah. Lewis, he outdid Lewis by uh, proxy. Points, yes. Right. Performance and speed, probably not, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I suppose, I suppose as well, it, the factor is, does Lewis still tank the first third of the season for the team to understand the car better? If he does, hands down, Norris beats him. Yeah, yeah. Completely. If he doesn't, yeah. it's probably a closer fight than it was with yeah. George. Mm. I feel like I'm, I think my bias is creeping in again. <laughs> I'm going to stop. To, yeah. Just stop asking me questions about Lando Norris, please. I think, I think, <laughs> so I think, I think smooth operator for, for Russell is fine. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Excellent. I don't okay. think I've got anyone above Smooth Operator from this point. I'm just telling you right now. Ooh, oh, interesting. interesting. Okay. Well, we're going to move on to okay. the Ferrari guys. So we'll start with Carlos. Carlos Sainz, fifth in the uh, in the driver standings. Actually equal to his position last season. We had him as not bad for a number two driver, the mid-season break. Um, and then... As I just mentioned before, he was kind of sandwiched between the Merck drivers. So Russell ahead of him, Lewis behind him, finished with 246 points. So six ahead of Hamilton. Uh, but quite a big gap, 29 points to Russell. Yeah, I think... And then his teammate, obviously, the, the real metric is teammate, 308 points for Leclerc. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one, one win for Carlos this season, handful of podiums, but... Far too many retirements. Uh, some not his fault. Early, um, but yeah, early uh, early, early season, doors. Yeah. Early doors. He was. He had a shocker. Early doors. He was. He was a big problem. I think for Ferrari that first half of the season. I think second half of the season. You know, if you look at that table from sort of Canada, uh, where are we? Um, from sort of Austria. He, he got, I was. He got it was winning Great Britain. Yeah. It was after Azerbaijan. What happened in Azerbaijan? I can't remember what happened to him in Azerbaijan for him to not finish. I'm blanking. Engine failures, I think, for Ferrari wasn't it in back here. Yeah, because I feel like Australia and Emilia Romagna, that was they were both his mistakes, weren't they? They were gravel yeah, they track were just trips shockers. They were just yeah. absolutely shocking, rubbish mistakes. And then he'd qualified well in both, fairly mm, well in both those. Yeah, as well. and then come Monaco, he seemed to be like back on form, mm-hmm. got the second. And then Azerbaijan, the car let him down, but he kept his momentum. Second in Canada, one in silver, uh, one at Silverstone, and then Austria was on pace for a good result, and the car sat on fire and let him yeah, down again. Died, yeah. But then, yeah. but then it car just kind literally of literally exploded. Yeah. yeah, but then it like just kind of petered out from there. It just he, he never recovered from that result almost. And I don't know if at that point maybe his head was gone of like I can't maybe. win. I can't seriously compete in this car. I don't, I don't know, but that that feel, that bit just before the summer break and the lead up to it feels like it was almost a, the the turning point from what was a potentially good season for him with if he could you know keep his form to just being average. Yeah, because although there were obviously all the mistakes made in the early part of the season, there were several races where he looked like he had the pace at times to Mm. be up there competing. But yeah, the second half, I don't remember a point in the second half of the season where he realistically looked like he could win a race. 
No, he didn't look like a win contender. And to be the fair, half of the, season. the Ferrari rarely looked like he could win a race in the second half. No, of the season, yeah, but second half. Well, of the season, yeah. The Ferrari I mean, didn't really yeah, Charles didn't get any anything. I mean, yeah. yeah, Charles wasn't much better. To be fair, he was his best finish was a few second places. I would say, you know what? I would say both those two drivers. If we're if we're sort of going to bring Chuck McCluck into it, the second half of the season, I don't think there's that much between. Um, no. Signs and there's probably. N- yeah, I still think Leclerc in general. Leclerc maybe edges it. Had more pace, yeah. They were both pretty Particularly qualifying. But then Leclerc is probably one of the best qualifiers on the, the grid. Yeah. The thing is, so to bring Leclerc sort of into it a bit better, he's finished second behind Max. He's up five places from last season, which is obviously a bonus. Um, he was a smooth operator mid-season. He's, how many points did we say, ahead of Carlos? Uh about 60 points, 62 points ahead of him. So a decent chunk in front of him. Um, And picked up three wins compared to Carlos's one. The thing for me is when the car was starting to let them down, I feel like both of their heads just went down. And I'd be sort of happy basically keeping Carlos as not bad for number two driver, but I would honestly consider demoting Leclerc to the same thing because I just feel I just feel like as soon as Verstappen started putting wins together and really consistent results, they just buried their heads right. and like they were, they were shouldn't we... want to compete anymore. Go on, Chris. Let's let's get signs out of the way first before we get okay. into Leclerc. I because I think signs this season's been like the epitome of not bad for a number two driver. Like yeah, yeah I think I he's agree. not had the pace as a number one. He's picked yeah. up a win and some good results when the opportunities were there. But he's personified yeah. not bad for a number he two really driver. Is. Leclerc, however, I think you're being a little harsh on that. I think Leclerc's you had a very He's not had a perfect season, far from it. He's made mistakes, but I think he's still had a very good season. His pace has been really, really good. It's not good having great pace if you're going to throw it away every time no, you, I'm... You got, you, you're in the lead, though, is the thing. Like, you know, he's, look at Emilia Romagna, not to go back to the first half of the season, but look at Emilia Romagna. He threw, the, he threw that away all on his own. Yeah. There yeah. was no doubt about that. He, he, that's where we get the, the sound bite from. <laughs> Isn't it for hmm. this one or no? The original soundbite is when no, um, he smashed into the wall at Baku yeah. into the castle. Yeah. So look, whatever. Like the, I don't. I think. I think part of Leclerc's problem this year has probably been the team, but another part of the problem this year has been Leclerc for Leclerc. Yeah. So. I mean, the whole point I, of a smooth I can't, operator. I can't make him a smooth operator when, yeah. he's, when he's made the mistakes he has. And yeah, he might have been, you know, might have a few good qualifying sessions and stuff. But actually, like, there have been times when on the racetrack he's just been all at sea and he's not had but the that... equipment to to get himself into context. Kent, That's contention. the thing, is that being his fault? I think the thing is, though, like, the, the, the thing that is unique or, you know, the thing thing that's common amongst the four drivers who are currently having smooth operators, should I say, the thing that like is setting them out from the drivers either above them or below them is their consistency in results. And I don't feel like Charles had that this season. I feel like he's been up and down. And I mean, yeah, there's a lot of podiums and 
so on in there. So it's not like it's a complete lack of form. But why is a driver of his caliber finishing sixth, fifth, sixth, sixth, sixth? You know, but then next he's... week finishing second, third. Like that's the it... car's terrible, and the team can't do a strategy. It is. Say but... it quietly. It is, but I mean, Mercedes' strategies have been pretty poor this season. They've still managed consistency. The drivers have managed uh, but, consistency. Their machinery has one... been crap this season, but they've still managed consistency. You won't catch me saying this very often, but to, to Ferrari's credit, strategy is a lot harder when you have a slower car. Strategy is a lot easier when you've got the fastest car. Mm. I, think, um, I think if you look at the drivers we've got in, not bad for a number two. I think you're always going to pick Leclerc over any of those. Do I think he's as Ooh, good as some of the ones we've got in Smooth Operator? He's probably not at the top of that pile. I think he's better than everyone we've got oh, in number two currently. Sorry, I, I, read, I misheard that the wrong way. Yeah, around. I see what you mean. Okay, yeah. based on that, I will reluctantly put him in Smooth Operator. I think he still deserves to be there. Okay. I don't know why I keep saying Smooth Operator in like that weird... Way, <laughs> but it's like, an odd cadence me. on it smooth yeah, operator yeah, I, I like it it's because in your head you're hearing carlos sing it over the radio yeah. why did i not get why did i get this stupid. and not smooth I operator know. oh i'm so stupid oh wait i'm stupid it's okay i remember having to make a radio message uh of i made that exact in fact it's just popped up in the chat i made that um, <laughs> that gif was your hard work it was not fun to make <laughs> like, like just like every single radio message that I made was never fun to make um, yeah so let's have look learn smooth operator and signs okay. in not bad for a number two because yeah the reasons are fair um, look learn yeah. is better than anyone in not bad for a number two driver and signs is distinctly a number two driver this season. This is just because I own a Carlos Sainz hat. So I was vigorously defending my man. <laughs> and that's I think another Carlos episode Sainz where I get capable, to mention it. Don't get me wrong. I think <laughs> Carlos Sainz is capable of a lot more. I think part of the problem this year has definitely been the car, and I think it probably hit Sainz harder than it hit Leclerc. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was a difficult car. I mean, like old Ferraris, it was probably not, an easy, not, not the easiest car to drive, and it's just bitten him so badly. I think next season, having had a year of getting used to it and you know getting their act together, you would hope that science, at the very least, would perform better. Although my yeah. hopes aren't that high because they don't have a team principal at the moment. <laughs> well, yeah, not ideal. <laughs> no, not an ideal position to be in. Right, let's move to the top team this year. So we have Perez first. Red Bull finished third overall. You want to talk about epitome of a number two driver? Yeah, I mean, mm. not good enough. It would be my assessment of Perez. Oh, it depends on what your perspective is. Well, I yeah, I suppose if, if you're a Perez fan, if you're a Perez fan, not good enough. If you're a Red Bull fan, absolutely, you know, superstar, perfect number two driver. But um, for me, he's just not been able to hold a candle to his teammate. And but is, is that is that his fault? Yeah, I was just I was thinking well, yeah, the race driver. Of course, it's his job. He's a race driver. He wants to win races. Is that yes? It's his okay, job. is that it's not Red his Bull fault? His, him, yeah, I was gonna say, it's also not his fault though that if his teammate is just that much more talented than he is, like, do you know what I mean? Like, he could be putting be in an abs- 
<laughs> so it's, be better. Uh, so are you are you saying that? I mean, well, where are you where are you debating putting him? Like, just so we, I can make my so, argument okay, valid. Yeah, you'd like me to give you more information so you can validate your argument. I don't <laughs> think that's how this debate's going to work, actually, Tom. I mean, you can carry on making your case, put yeah, it where you want him. And you're, you're, say, you're saying he's not even good enough to be in the number two driver slot. <laughs> whoa, 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 I didn't say that. I <laughs> yeah, said, you did. I haven't said. You said he wasn't even said. good for a number two driver. That's what you said. I, I heard Stu said he was he was now better than Latifi. That's what I heard. <laughs> Look, he. There's enough of this silliness now. Let's be serious for a second. He's a race driver. He yep. should be aiming to win races. And I would say sure, he does. In, 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 in his position at, at Red Bull, I, admittedly, he hasn't got the. That's probably not really an option for him. So, like Chris said, he is absolutely a, a Red Bull employee and not a race driver. I think that the two. The two don't go to get well. The two only go together if you're the number one driver. If you're a number two driver, you're an employee. You're not a race driver for me. Even though, if you, if you see what I mean, like yeah, he's the, never going to race. The situation at teammate. Red Bull is difficult, but I think the amount of second places picking up behind Max and winning in Max's absence, essentially, like I mean, he won the two difficult street races in Singapore and Monaco. Like he's been second countless number of times usually behind max i feel like he's done a a decent enough job like i mean he probably should have well i don't know actually i say he should have considering the cars he by the end of the season he probably should have finished above leclerc however we're talking about leclerc who is still as we've just discussed like before performing to a level above what the car was capable of and was unfortunate at times is how we've kind of categorized Leclerc's season. Um, so, look, yeah. I, I cannot put, there's no way on this earth that I can put Sergio Perez above Charles Leclerc. So, I'm not, no, no one's saying he should be above him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No one's saying that. So, absolute, no. the absolute maximum I can give um, Perez is smooth operator. And I don't, I did it again. And I don't know <laughs> if I can, I don't know if I can give Sergio Perez a smooth operator. I, I think I, to, be, to get thrashed by your teammate the way he but has. He, here's the thing. Did but everyone's have, been well, thrashed by Verstappen yeah. this season. Na- Not na- just he's in the him. same car. He's in the same car but as But name teammate. me a driver on the grid that would have done better than Perez against Verstappen in that team. In a car developed for Verstappen. Like... Obviously Hamilton. Maybe Norris. Maybe Norris. Maybe Norris. There's not many others. But Alonso, Norris is in the rock Alonso. stars for that reason. I don't think Alonso would have liked that car. Well, I don't he know. might not have, but... I don't think Alonso would have got I, I, that I, He might not have liked it, but he would have been able to adapt to put up a fight against a teammate. Is the I mean, more the so than other drivers, for sure. It's, it's hard. Like The gap between the two of them has been huge. But you have to look. It... But obviously, there's an advantage. It's quite clear that Verstappen's got an advantage because he's distinctly the number one driver. So whatever yeah. Perez does, Perez could have the season of his life and probably still not get that many points against um, so, Verstappen. So the question then. So you've justified is, your own argument for the fact yeah, that. Yeah. So the, so, so the why question. The gap? Let me. <laughs> so the question then is, has Perez had the season of his life? Uh, no. But. I don't think he's had a bad season at all either. He's had. I think 
for the position he's been put in, he's had a smooth An season. An adequate season. <laughs> he had the drive of his life. I think his win in Singapore was... Yeah. Well, absolutely. Other than, right other than not, flirting not with safety car rules. Stuff, yeah. 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 Uh, that's not... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we had to ruin that, didn't we? <laughs> it's a hard, it's, it's, Perez is a really tough one. Well, okay. For, for for context, just to recap, we had him as not where bad for a number two year? driver in the middle of the season. That's where we had him. Okay, let's look at results on the second half of the season. Has, has he done? Has he had a better second half of the season than the first half? So let's look from Bell. Won the same number of races. Probably yeah. had the same number of podiums there or thereabouts, but Over some were races. thirds. Yeah. Some were thirds rather than seconds. I would say he there's a lot more green and lot yeah, a lot lot that. less DNFs. In fact, no DNFs. There's a lot more green and bronze on it than there is gold and silver on the second half of the season. Mm. Um uh, th- there's an argument to keep him where he is, but I think you know what? I've kind of talked myself into raising him up a level because of the <laughs> setup at Red Bull. So I'm actually yeah. going to go smooth operator. I think I, I I'm happy with him going there as well. Just about he's he's super borderline for me. It is like if there was one in between those two, then he'd be there for yeah. me. He's, okay, let's let's look at this on a more like literal level. Can we make level. like an extra has tier? He, can we can has we add he, another tier? Has he had a better season than the following people? Alex Albon, Kevin Magnussen, Sebastian Vettel, Esteban Ocon, and Carlos Sainz. I would Absolutely. say yes to all five. Therefore, smooth operator, because he's mm-hmm. handily outdone all five of them. Yeah. In my opinion. Fair. Yeah, the, another way of looking at it is would any of those have done any better in his shoes? Exactly. I and I say no. I, think I don't think anyone Vettel, would have done Vettel. as well as him in. in Vettel probably would have. Um, Sainz could have matched him. Yeah, which is but, why I want. That's why I want a tier well, between. This is this is no, the thing. Though, the, the, the reason the reason <laughs> the for Perez me that tier. Vettel and Sainz are down there <laughs> is their own doing. Like you got to remember, the start of the season Vettel had was poor, and the start of the season Sainz had was poor. They put themselves in poor positions that they had to then recover from. So yeah, they've not done too bad on the grand scheme of things over the course of the season, but generally speaking, they put themselves in poor positions to begin with. Perez in reality, never really did that. I mean, Red Bull probably wouldn't have been happy that he wasn't constantly finishing second behind Max, but he was always in that top four. Like, I mean, the first... Obviously, there was Bahrain, which was a disaster for both Red Bulls. Hmm. Then he's got the retirement in Canada, the retirement in Austria. But then outside of that, he's pretty much finishing top four. A lot of second places. Yeah, and then there's the Brazil debacle. But that wasn't a good race for either okay. of them, really, was so, it? So I have a I have a solution. Um, I think we've I'd already like got make, a solution. I'd, well, I have an alternative <laughs> solution. I'd like to make a new tier. No. In between, in, listen to me. In between, smooth <laughs> operator, and in between, not bad for a number two drive, driver. And we'll just call it Sergio Perez, Perez. at Red Bull. No, I th- I <laughs> specifically think... Sergio Perez at Red Bull. I I'm happy with the company he's in in smooth operator. <laughs> I'm doing Fine. the weird thing. I mean, I'm, with, I'm, well. I'm with you. But I, you know I'm what? Happy. I will say that pretty much, I would say, if you're going to then sort of make a tier list out of everyone in Smooth Operator, he's at the bottom of that list. He's 
he's clearly no better than any of those other drivers. You can't say Perez is better than Alonso <laughs> or Hamilton or, <laughs> I Sainz, love that... or Leclerc or Russell. Bottas, wait, maybe. wait, 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 wait. I, I just love that I'm pulling the face that I am and Chris is like making the noise for me. I was like <laughs> sticking my lip out, tilting my head and Chris is there like literally going, look, Leclerc is not better than Alonso. There's just no competition there. Leclerc is not better than Alonso. What? When did that no, sorry, come sorry, sorry. Perez is not better than Alonso. Perez is not better than Alonso. Who would have thought Perez would have been the one that like divides <laughs> everyone? Got the tastiest on this. <laughs> Right. I mean, Should wait a minute. We've got to do his teammate. Yeah, we've got to do Max Verstappen. This will be. Quick. Oh, let's just put him. They look like rock stars, and I'm <laughs> done with it, and not talk too much about it, shall how, we? How how can you possibly argue that he's anything other than the top tier? Attitude. <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. He's been stellar. He's been amazing. He's he's it's quite unusual for a driver to do as well as he has done i think uh, a literally record-breaking season it's a it, it, red bull have made it a bit easy for him i will say i think he's had a car that's a lot better than probably the rest of the field and it's designed around him so obviously it, he's got literally like the schumacher advantage at this point kind of thing like you know it's just so far ahead of everyone else yeah. that car. but at the same time he's had the 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 steeliness and the the goods to to put it where it needs to be every weekend week in week out um you know there's only one or two races well three or four races where he's not been on the podium and half of those are because of retirements so yeah some of yeah the, um, some of the drives he's put in this season as well like Hungary winning from like what was it tenth or eleventh yeah yeah and Spa I mean, as well through through like, dominated threw a spin into the hungry yeah. one for style points as well <laughs> ridiculous like so 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 good that there are like chinks in the armor i think that, that have been apparent from time to oh, time for sure. like, i think there's some wheel to wheel racing where he definitely needs to sort of take a look in the mirror <laughs> but <laughs> but you know it's it's weird in though, terms you know of just performance just let me in yeah, terms of before in terms of performance across the season you cannot put him anywhere other than top tier oh yeah for sure no you know the thing that you're talking about with like the chinks in the arm when it comes to wheel to wheel racing i think hamilton's got the same problem like those two next to each other this there's something that switches in both of them and it's like i'm gonna give no quarter to this guy like it's Mm -hmm. it's personal it is very personal it is because verstappen doesn't do it as much, I mean, it's not that it doesn't do it. It doesn't do it as as aggressively or as much against other people. And Hamilton pretty much doesn't do it at all unless it's Verstappen. Like there is something about when those two are side by side. Yeah, you expect tears more often than you expect like joy, slick yeah. moves. Like it's there, it's there weird history. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, well, it's just I, red. I, no... I think they're both. Everything is the red so mist. Raw, yeah. even, even oh, yeah, sure. They both get red mist. I think that's yeah. part of it. But then, uh, the same, you know, you, I, I can see where you're going with it. You're talking about Brazil, and I think I, I still stand by. Uh, Verstappen is never ever making that corner. In I Brazil. mean, I'm not just talking about Brazil. I'm talking about the last two years, while they've been yeah, competing yeah, yeah. against each other at that top point. They've it's <laughs> intense competition. Yeah, isn't it? and it's just something about the two of them. Either. But yeah. like. When both of them, if they're in the fight, same fight with like Leclerc or or whatever, it feels like the rules of engagement well, are different. 
I don't know. He's done it to Leclerc as well, though. He's had Leclerc off the road in Austria. Um, in I don't think in the same way, though. I think I don't think the same. Like mal- malice is probably the wrong word for it, but like, like I said, the rules of engagement feel different between different drivers for for those two. So when it's them two wheel to wheel, it's like do or die. When it's anybody else, it's I'm yeah. going to fight you hard, but I'm going to fight you hard whilst preserving my own outcome. Whereas when it's them two together, it's like I don't care if it's me or you or both yeah. of us, yeah. but it's one of us. But I, I, I think that's I, I think that's probably uh, people. Uh, you know, this is a can of worms here, and you two might disagree. I, I do think that that's probably a sixty forty attitude. I feel like there's one driver who's a little bit more mature than the other driver in this situation, and I mean, they be... they they often give him enough rope to hang himself with. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I mean, I think after Brazil, both of them basically said like, yeah, like I went into that knowing that there was a good chance yeah. I wouldn't come out the other side of the corner. So, so I, but I did it anyway. Yeah, yeah, but and, I mean, that, I think and that's the difference. Know. Is in different in different drivers, they go into that going, "I don't think I'm going to make this." They back out of it if it's somebody else, but because it's each other, they both go. Do you know what? I knew that, that was probably going to happen, but I'm, I did I it think anyway. It, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I, do you know what? A weird, probably comparison to make to some people, but it does feel slightly reminiscent of Prost Senna. Where oh, 100%. they just oh, yeah, don't sure. like each other, and if it's those two on track together, it will likely end in tears. There's definitely like a <clears> serious <throat> personality clash, but I think for yeah. I mean they're chalk and cheese, aren't they? Just look at the yeah. way they present themselves in in on oh, social completely. media, just in the world, in interviews. Like they are two very, 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 very different people, yeah. and I think that's part of the reason why like a lot of the social media stuff is so toxic as well because it. It, it just pits two very, very different mindsets against yeah. each other. And I think the social media side of stuff and the and the stuff on 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 the internet, just in terms of like the way it's presented on TV and in the media and stuff like that just only serves to exacerbate exacerbate that yeah. and makes the 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 audience almost worse. Oh yeah. So, and it's a problem in Formula One. I, I think it's like it's one of those things that's going to drive as many people out as what it's bringing in. So it's something that, like on a on a meta level, if you like, it, Formula One and and like the 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 Formula One media at large need to sort of maybe not cut their nose up to spite their face hmm. almost with this. Like, but then you know that's never going to happen, is it? That whatever gets clicks, people are going to do it, and it does. It doesn't have to get clicks. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know how we've got right. here, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna run go, go, I'm gonna run hours. down this list. I'm gonna run down this final list so we can do the last bit of awards and then yeah, we'll we'll go from there. And then so, watch the rest of the football. And then yeah, we can go find out what happened in the football. Um right, so up at the top we've got if I know I'll start from the bottom. <laughs> down at the bottom in, I am stupid. We obviously have the Canadians. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, uh, no. Like, like no, that's not all Canadians, by the way. That's just the two that drive in Formula Important One, or at distinction, least yeah. did drive in Formula One this season, for one of them at least. Uh, right, like using hard in Hungary, we've got Pierre Gasly, his teammate Yuki Tsunoda, uh, Mick Schumacher, and Daniel Ricciardo. Alan Q2, we've got the lonely Zhou Guanyu. Not bad for a number two driver is Alex Albon, Kevin Magnussen, Sebastian Vettel, Esteban Ocon, Carlos Sainz. Smooth operators were Valtteri Bottas. 
Fernando Alonso, Lewis Hamilton, George Russell, Charles Leclerc, and finally Sergio Perez, just about. <laughs> and then the rock stars of the season are Nando. In fact, no, I can't say Nando, can I? Because that sounds like I'm saying Fernando. Yeah, that's someone else yeah. entirely. <laughs> that's wrong. Yeah. That's a different person. It's a different, different... I mean, it's Lando Norris. That's what I meant. <laughs> and then Max Verstappen. Right. That is that done. Chris, do you awards. want to handle the awards at this point? Oh my I, God, there's more? I can do that. Yeah. Of course there's more. Awards time. Um, We'll start with race of the year. I've already sort of whittled it down a little bit just to give us a few to choose from based on some suggestions okay. we've had set in. Um, so there's like five here that seem to be the ones that people have mentioned the most. So there was Great Britain, which obviously had lots of lead changes. Oh, that was just mad, yeah. Verstappen, Hamilton, Leclerc, and Sainz. We had that really late safety car with Ferrari splitting the strategy, the insane battle between the Ferraris and Hamilton and Perez, and then ultimately ended in the debut win for Sainz. Uh, Hungary, which was Brussels' debut pole position, um, and the Red Bulls climbing back up from 10th and 11th. Um, that was obviously where the hards in Hungary came from as Ferrari's race unraveled. Uh, Verstappen, as you mentioned earlier, Stu, managed to overtake Leclerc, do a 360 for style, lose a position, and then overtake him again for good measure and win from <laughs> miles down. Uh, very first race in Bahrain, where we had the lead change between Leclerc and Verstappen multiple times. Um, only for both Red Bulls to blow up towards the end. Um, Austria, we had a, a rare time. Ferrari did a daring strategy and it paid off. They um, pitted more than Red Bull and Leclerc had to pass Verstappen three times on track to win the race. Also, honourable mention to uh, Kevin Magnussen, who got a triple overtake into turn one. In was one. In Aus- oh, yes, he did in Austria. Um, yeah. Then we also had Sainz car exploding. Then there was, do you remember that mad five-way battle for eighth place towards the end as well? Yeah, where it, was it was around like, that. It was around yeah, that. and there was like a Norris double overtaking there as well. Yeah. Um, and then Brazil, which we already mentioned. Obviously, we had uh, Magnussen's debut pole. Um, yeah, another Hamilton-Verstappen battle, which we've covered. Um, <laughs> recovery drives for both of them. Lots of inter-team battles going on and obviously culminated in Russell's win. Think of all those... Mm. And anything else I can think of, I think the one for me that probably stood out the most was probably Silverstone. I think um, that's the one for me as well. Just because there was a lot going on everywhere. Um, I think the others have definitely got merit for different reasons, but I feel like Silverstone was probably the best of the of the bunch. Because it had a bit awesome. of everything. And not knowing who was going to win the race until the last like five or ten yeah. laps as well. And I think that's good. maybe the difference with a few of those others is as much as they were good races, the the win was not far off decided like much sooner in those compared to Silverstone. Um so yeah, I yeah. think Silverstone wins it for me. I could go with Silverstone. I think it definitely, like, if you look back, I mean, it's easy to say when you're a Brit, isn't it? And Silverstone's like your race. But I think when you look back across the season, the the most heart-in-your-mouth moment was probably that, like, period during that race where there was just a bunch of them all tussling for the lead yeah. and they were all at kind of similar pace. Mm-hmm. Um, it obviously shook itself out in the right order um, by the end of that tussle, but still, like, they were so close. And... 
Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant racing. Great brilliant. Let's go. Let's go. Let's see them. Uh, next up is the Daniel... I'll try that again. Next up is the Daniel Ricciardo Award for the most move of the day awards throughout the season. Ooh, um, I've already been through and tied them up. Um, dare you guess who got the most move of the day awards? Most move of the day. I'm going to say... I'm trying to think who who's had them. Um, it was a, a, a really moves. widespread this season. Norris. Norris actually only got it once. Oh. I think Vettel might have had two or three. Vettel had two, yeah. Um, as did Ocon and Ricardo. Russell only got one. Um, Leclerc also got two. Well, Leclerc got two on his own, and then we had one where we just gave it to Leclerc, Perez, and Hamilton. I think that was Silverson, actually. We gave it to them in general yeah, for that, that fight. Battle. Okay, but so the, got it? the only driver who got three on their own was Verstappen. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Considering uh, it feels one. like he's led from the front all the way <laughs> yeah. as well, though, that's quite surprising. He's actually putting some... I'll tell you where he got them, actually. I think one was Singapore. They're all in Hungary. <laughs> <laughs> one was Singapore, which is when he took, I think, Vettel on the final lap. Um, one in Spain, which I don't remember. And then he also got uh, Brazil. I think that was the double overtake he got in Brazil as well. The du- yeah, the double pass in yeah. Brazil. Makes sense. Uh, next up is the most driver of the day awards. Oh. Norris. It was not Norris. Norris didn't actually get any driver of the day so much this season. What? Despite us singing his it? praises, we never gave him one. Yeah. Um, Russell. I, I, I mean... I'm gonna I'm gonna put my guess in there as it being Max because I do feel like it's been one of those seasons where we've gone. You you can't. It's hard to just give it to the win. Sorry, it's too easy to give it to the winner all the time. But yeah, nobody else has really done anything worthy. So I feel like Max is gonna probably end up being up there if not the winner of okay. that. It's Tell actually a three-way tie. So you are oh. both correct. It was Russell, Verstappen, and Perez got three apiece. Oh, oh wow. Okay. okay. But yeah, that surprised me as well, considering we normally like, oh, let's not give it to the winner. We still gave it to Verstappen three times. Yeah. yeah. And and Russell probably won on the weekend. One of the weekends we gave it him in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> um, next award. Oh, next award. Punch the button, Tom. Oh, it's that one, isn't it? It's that one. Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? This is like my favourite season review moment where we just go back over all the WTFs we've given through the season and try and decode Ooh. what they meant. Yeah, and we'll pick yeah. a favourite. Okay, let's do that. Off All right, the you top ready? Of my head, I've got one off the top of my head, but go on. Right, buckle up. Uh, Bahrain was the either fake or weirdly turned up crowd noise. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. the ridiculously loud. Every time oh man, there happened. were some weird ones, weren't they? At the start, of the so season. many weird ones. Uh, Saudi Arabia was just lap thirty-seven. Because don't you remember, it got to lap 37 and just all hell broke loose. It was, there were just yeah, crashes was and retirements and, and the stuff all over the place. And it was a mess. Uh, Australia was strolling Latifi just having a silly crash. Uh, yeah. Imola, I forgot about this one. Imola was when Leclerc put it in the barrier. And as we were all like, oh no, is he going to get it back out? The camera just cut to Sainz's face and just did a really slow zoom on his face for no reason <laughs> while everybody wanted to know if Leclerc carried on or not. Um, Miami was, of course, the podium motorcade. Um, Spain With was it. 
Stu was looking confused for clarity. That's the one where the police escorted Verstappen to the podium through. Oh, and it, the they went through like the whole tunnels and it took of forever. Yeah, it, it took, took for ages. ages, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was Verstappen, wasn't it? It was Verstappen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they were Spain... just walking along with police around. Yeah, God. Spain was drone cam, oh. of course. That came oh, back in a later race so, as well. It was so, so bad. Crap. Yeah. Uh, Monaco was the lights getting a bit wet, so they didn't work. Oh yeah. <laughs> Couldn't start the race because we were out. The lights were too wet. It rained. Um, yeah. Azerbaijan, I see your drone cam and I raise you hole in the wall cam. Oh, oh that was awful. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. Um, Canada was the race broadcast nearly missing the start of the race because they were showing something else and the lights went off really quickly. I genuinely don't remember that. I have no words for mm-hmm. that. That's outrageous. I don't remember that. Funnily enough, it's hard to see it happening now because obviously all of the highlights packages fix that little problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Great Britain was the protesters on the track, obviously. Um, Yeah. yeah. Austria, you may remember, was the podium graphics being completely wrong. They've got the drivers in the wrong order and at the wrong wrong teams. (laughs) Yeah. Um, France was Charles Leclerc turning into Charles Leclerc and Ferrari just being Ferrari. Yeah, I wasn't there the for that one. Of, there you were. The wording of, the word of these. That's that's Ash. That that was that was, that was when Ash yeah, filled yeah, in yeah. for Chris. Keep going, that's definitely keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Hungary was obviously hard tires. Um, Belgium, Ferrari pitting Leclerc for the fastest lap, not getting the fastest lap, and losing a position in the process. That's bad. Which was particularly bad. Uh, Netherlands was Crofty and Ted having an argument live on air. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. That. Italy. There, there are a few of those across the season. Yeah. Yeah. Italy was Ricardo's car hanging in a tree. If you remember that. Oh yeah. It was. was it wasn't actually really in the weird. tree, was it? It looked. It just like looked it was like in the it was. Tree. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was just like above. hanging from a crane in the middle of just dangling the... above the punters. Yeah. 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 Uh, Singapore, going. the unnecessarily long rain delay. Uh, Japan, the FIA's inability to write and apply rules properly. <laughs> oh my god! That I think Japan, the off, season. yeah, off the top of my head, Japan is yeah. like, was the one that stuck out. Carry on. USA inconsistent laps being deleted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Mexico. Yeah. I've I've written this exactly as we wrote it in the document at the time, which is Red Bull throwing their toys out of the pram because Ted said something mean. Yeah. Yep. Also ridiculous, yeah. Uh, Brazil was the Sonoda safety car fiasco, which was particularly bad. Oh, that was bad. Um, Wait, sorry, say that again. The it was Sonoda, Sonoda being the only one not to allowed to unlap himself. And then when the safety car restart happened, he had to move to the side to let everybody through. Oh, that whole thing was... And ended up so a whole dumb. extra lap down because of it. Um, and so then finally, Abu Dhabi was the qualifying car park because not much happened in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that'd be everyone had checked out, hadn't it, by then? Um, so what's your Japan, favorite? Japan's just got to be the most outrageous, I this, think. Like the whole this... like the whole media of Formula 1 afterwards was just in shock and awe, I think, after what had happened that weekend. Like no one knew quite what to talk about because so much craziness happened. And it was right around the time of the Red Bull yeah. thing as well. The 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 worst or well, one of the worst ones for me is probably the one of the more recent ones and that's the safety car thing. After all that, I mean, I said this at the yeah. time. After all that went on in Abu Dhabi 2021, and they yeah. cocked that up so monumentally, 
more or less 12 yeah. months to the day. Yeah, yeah I damn think it. If, if that had happened in Abu Dhabi again, then <laughs> Imagine, there would have yeah. been hell to pay, wouldn't there? They got away. They managed I, I to, am like, surprised keep it under that the radar. it's. Um, yeah, I'm surprised that it's gone as under the radar as it has, and it's purely because it's affected a driver so far down the standings that it's kind of gone unnoticed. Yeah, if that had happened to like Leclerc, yeah, anyone in the top ten probably. The thing is, it never would because they would never have been in that position because they wouldn't have been getting that because the whole thing came about because of just a weird quirk of the way the systems work with the transponders on the cars. Yeah. So, but even then, I, I I think if it had been a top team driver in the same position for some reason, I think they'd probably put more effort into fixing it. Yeah, like, yeah oh, I think they will fix it. We'll just that's the that's the sort of thing that they'll have to fix though, because it yeah. is the sort of thing that can happen again. So they will have to, and it's it's just just a programming thing. Yeah, like it's not it's that difficult be. for them to repair that. So in in terms of funny slash stupid, and you'd expect better, but lighthearted, probably incorrect teams and names on the podium yeah i think in the spirit that, that of was just that was just yeah. a mess that's my favorite like. as well i also really like fake crowd noise as well <laughs> that was weird, really early on we never so actually strange. got to the bottom of that did we it was just so that weird is. and then it just it was fine come saudi arabia it was yeah. quite I think, normal i think they realized i think they did it i think it was fake noise and i think <laughs> People Reddit said what was that and they went yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah 100% I think I'm going to vote for the podium graphics being wrong just that, that feels the epitome yeah. of just the, the silliness of this award so yeah yeah, I, I could go with that I think that's absolutely I'm, I'm happy with for, that for the one of the year yeah there you go alright yeah. um, nothing to do with me <laughs> next another one I've gathered some outside um, suggestions from the very broadly titled moment of the year the, the moment that you will stand out in memory for you for this season. Um, a few of the ones we've had mentioned um, Joe's crash in Silverstone for both good and bad reasons, I suppose. Uh, Nick DeVries being a super sub at Monza. Um, Magnussen's pole position. Uh, Leclerc's crash in France, which I think was a lot of that people was... see as the moment where his season just that fell apart. Final, that, that was the nail yeah. in the coffin. That was the end it? of it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Alonso getting a front row start in Canada. Yeah. Um, and, and then like the crowd as well. Yeah. The crowd, and that was like, really everyone, yeah. The staff and gets, it goes up and he like waves the crowd and no one cares. They all see Alonso and they're all raving about Alonso. <laughs> that yeah. was glorious. Um, two here that kind of epitomize Ferrari's season, which is the hards in Hungary that we've mentioned a lot and Leclerc's last two laps at Spa and the um, fastest lap debacle. Um, and then from Silverstone and through goes Hamilton. Which I'm appalled that science has exploded in Ferrari's not on that list. That's another good one. The way that that engine erupted into f- pure fire. Well, it exploded, fully exploded. Yeah, and like yeah. just pieces, nuts, and bolts, and pistons flying out <laughs> the back of it. Like that was his, a spectacle. His, his big end was all over the floor. Now, oh, now, no. this is a family show, Stu. <laughs> <laughs> um. Like, do you know what? I'd, I'd, I'd give the guy crap a lot, but there, there are moments where Crofty really, really nails it. And if there's one thing from this season that is like the moment you're going to see over and over again, it's that Silverstone moment, the Anthrew goes Hamilton. Like, yeah, but that that's is just such guy you're going to play it forever. Maybe it is, but that feels like such a peak, like 
exciting you don't need any context like you can see that in isolation and it's just everything exciting about formula one uh do you know do you know the worst thing for me on this one as many people listening know i've not used that coverage all season so i've not heard his voice all season thank the lord <laughs> i've had no idea of the context of that until right now they talk about it all the really? time in the discord and i've just never bothered to ask what race <laughs> is it from because they're always going on about it but i'm just like i really don't care because i never heard it so it's lost on me. It has it has zero That's relevance fair. to me because I got Will a... Buxton going. Oh my god, they're side by side or whatever he said. You know, <laughs> it probably is a watch too much Sky F one thing. Isn't it? Will Buxton going? <laughs> He's gone ahead of him, so he'll get more points at the end <laughs> you know, of the race. Do you know what? As as much as Will Buxton's a meme when it comes to Netflix, as an actual commentator this season, he's been spot on. I think I think there's something about being in that Netflix show that just brings out the worst side of him. But in terms of his actual race coverage, I've I've definitely preferred my season this year because of being with the F1 TV team. So hats off to them. Mm. But yeah, um, I don't I don't know. Well done, the guys at F1 TV. <laughs> I think I genuinely think that the two things I'll remember most about this season is not obviously the commentary, but that. That battle at Silverstone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Magnussen getting a pull through the circumstances and just a, a you know, a good lap in at the time. And probably Joe getting flipped upside down and skidding along on his lid for that was two hundred yards or whatever it was. Visceral. Skid on the lid. But I think they're the three things that will probably like when I look back, I'm like, oh, that's the season with that you know those things yeah. they're probably the three that'll stand all like stand the test of time for me not the commentary itself but the moment yeah, yeah. that was happening i think that silverstone moment and the magnuson pole are probably the two for me as well mm. am i supposed to come up with one now uh, well i'm what's, what, if you what's, want what's i think magnuson <laughs> magnuson's triple overtake in austria was rad like that was one of yeah. my favorite things of the whole season yeah. go back and watch the austria highlights if you want to see that it's so good um, and I would say Russell's win in Brazil was made him win a yeah. big, big moment. And I think Science's um, Science's first win, yeah, 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 as well. Science, a couple of first in wins that I enjoyed a lot. Um, those were like kind of like they're, they're the moments that I take away from a season that that are feel good moments and make me like Formula mm -hmm. One again. So yeah. I'm gonna go with those because when I came into Formula One this season. I wasn't really that into it. And by the end of it, <laughs> by the end of the season, I was fully back into it. So, when you're back. Yeah. Is there, is, is there any consistent back. thing? I mean, Silverstone as a whole is a consistent Yeah, Silverstone as a whole there. is coming up, yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean, yeah, yeah. That. Let's just say Silverstone was the moment of the season. <laughs> yeah. They just, all they need to do is fix the wet, wet, the wet thing. Like, cars can't run in, run in the wet. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that needs fixing really, really quick. But other than that, I think it's been a rad season. Um, despite yeah. Red Bull, I think it's been a really good season. Let's let's kind of just say Silverstone excitement then and put a bow on it that way, yeah. I suppose. I think there's um, multiple yeah. moments you definitely pick from Silverstone yeah, that will sure. stick out for the remainder. Um, and then finally, our driver of the year. So for anyone who's kind of new to the podcast this year, we, we obviously pick a driver of the year every year. But 
we always we, we always say we're not going to just pick the world champion because that's too easy. And I think we always try and kind of highlight someone who's had a really good season that's maybe not as obvious from looking at the points table or something. So I think I think last year we gave it to Norris. The year before was Gasly, I think. We've maybe okay. given it Ocon once as well. They tend to be like top of the midfield, sort of picking out someone who's had a really good season but isn't necessarily in a top team type drivers is generally where we go with it. You, this I mean, is basically it, this is Chris going. Don't pick George Russell. Don't pick George Russell. Don't pick George Russell. That's what. No, saying. I would say George Russell's in the mix. I think we t- we avoid picking like championship contenders. I guess because that is a so, pretty easy way to go. Uh, I mean, very valid this season to <laughs> pick George Russell. Then <laughs> I think you just have to look at our chart that we've just done. In my opinion, the tier list. I can't see it. Well, the only driver that was a rock star other than Verstappen was Lando Norris. Yeah, can we give it him two? I mean, we could give it him two years in a row. I, I mean, he deserved it two years in a row, finishing sixth one year and seventh the other. Yeah, especially in, in this era of Formula One. Yeah, in two different eras of car, two cars Who? that weren't really. I mean, this car definitely wasn't expected to win the midfield. Well, actually, McLaren thought it was going to win the midfield. The rest of us knew otherwise. Uh, Chris, um, what do you think? Who, who have you got? Like, for all the reasons you said, like, Lando is in there, but can we give it the same driver two years in a row? Doesn't matter. Shouldn't matter if they won it before or not. If they were the best driver that wasn't the world that's, champion that, well, this yeah, year, that's the thing. doesn't matter. I, I'm tempted to say Russell. If you put if you put Russell in the context of going from the worst car on the grid to well, one of the better cars on the grid, is I think about as nice a thing as I can say for uh, the Mercedes. Like up against one of, if not the best driver of all time, I think he's done a much better job than anyone probably expected him to. To get his first win, like the consistency is shown. Yes, he's had blips, but he's been he's had an exceptionally good season. Um, like if you look down I, the other other drivers, think... like there's not been as there's highs and lows. Like Russell's definitely had way more highs than he has lows. Yeah. Mm. I think I think I want to go Norris still. I think I just feel the, like he's been more consistent. Yeah, I think there's that, and I've, like I said, I think we wouldn't have ranked him that highly on the tier list if we didn't think he deserved it. So, I think he's definitely a top contender for this. Mcchacko backs, it, backs it, me up the, too because it says surely it has to be at least one of the rock stars. Otherwise, what was the point of the ratings you just did? Well, the, that was a different <laughs> thing. That was a different thing. Um, <coughs> also, yeah, just I, a bit, while you thinking. Can we give it to both? I no. mean, you, you you could tie, but that that defeats the point. <laughs> one one thing you got to remember is Lando Norris took a space hopper to the face like an absolute champ, <laughs> as has been illustrated by uh, the Discord, which I've revisited my choices for moment of the season, and it is <laughs> Daniel Ricciardo smacking Lando Norris in the face with a space hopper. That was certainly, which was moment. also at Silverstone, justifying that Silverstone yeah. was great. Oh, that must have hurt. And he still went on and got himself a result after that. Just saying. Best driver on the grid other than the world champion. That must have really <laughs> hurt that. Um, 
Okay, come on. We need to we need to make a decision. Let's get on with this. Let's get this done. There's not I mean, been a long podcast. I've I've made my case. Where are you, Stuart? Convince me otherwise. I'm on the fence. I'm gonna. I'm sixty percent Norris, and sorry, I'm sixty percent Russell and forty percent Norris. He tries to rush us along, and then he climbs on the fence. Unbelievable. So, but, but well, that's. I've touched. I mean, I'm, I'm more towards Russell than I am Norris, so it's got to be Russell for me. I mean, sorry, Alan. We talked. I spoke. I spoke about consistency, and. It is that consistency that Norris was able to show in the races and in race results that have sort of allowed him to beat sort of cars that probably should have finished ahead of him. So and his teammates. So yeah, I think. I mean, and when your teammates Lewis Hamilton and you're beating a faster car in the Ferrari, and they're in, you know, he's in contention for second place up until the last race of the season in that car. Um, I think Norris is is going to be my driver of the year. Uh, sorry, Russell. Russell is, <laughs> oh, I Russell thought you'd had to change your heart my, then. All right, Russell is going to be my driver of the, of the year. So you're basically putting it on me on you is what you're doing there. He, yes. Here's what I'm going to say. We gave it to Norris last year because he was exceptionally good. Him being exceptionally good this season is less of a surprise given that we said he was last year. So in the interests of giving it to someone new and not just saying, oh, the driver we said was good last year continues to be good. I'm also going to say George Russell. Okay, oh, I feel aggrieved that Priya Gasly got two in a row now. Good maths. Did Gasly, did Gasly didn't get two in a row, did he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. Nah. Well, let's not worry about that. That's in the past. Yeah. Pastors were wrong. Pastors. George Russell, our driver of the year. Sorry, Lando and McLaren fans, I tried. We've given him plenty of other love this episode. I think that'll be fine. Is there anything else we need to do? Is that it? That is it. That bombshell. Takes home time. As I would say. Um, Yeah, if you want to tell us about how wrong we are about all these rankings, feel free to do so. (laughs) You know where Twitter is and where Back of the Grid F1 on Twitter. You know where Facebook is. Just type in Back of the Grid and you'll find us. And you can even email us directly. Hello at backofthegrid.com. Or you can make go on backgrid.com and fill in the fill in the form. Tell us how wrong we are that way. That's all and fine. Make your own um, tier list as well. We'll we'll add. The yeah, we'll post so the links. Yeah, show us the real reasons. Them. or the real positions for the drivers. Um, but yeah, that is it. So we have some more content coming planned over the Christmas break. So there will be more from us. Um, once you've managed to digest this two-hour-plus <laughs> insanity. Monster um, podcasting. So yeah. Keep those uh, feeds refreshed and keep subscribed for more Formula One off-season goodness. Until then, okay. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>